Right, should we start? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, hello. No, no, no. no that was rubbish. Hey, do you know on Apple TV you can watch Carpool Karaoke? It's its own TV show. Ah, yeah. And there are five seasons of it. Uh, that many? Uh, yeah, and it goes back to like oh, wow. 2018 they started making it. I'd never heard of it. Oh, wow. And James Corden ah. produces it, but he's not in it. No, because it, start, it started on, on his show. Yeah, it did. And then he just had his own, it's like, yeah, his own um, thing. Yeah. A bit like uh, the lip sync battle. Ugh. I think it started on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, it did, yeah. There's only a few that limp, 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 limp biscuit. Lip <laughs> sync battles that are worth watching, I think. Yeah, I think that's true. Of, um... And Hathaway's and Emily Blunt. That was pretty cool. There's a White Lotus um, carpool karaoke. Oh, there's a Stranger Things couple karaoke. Yeah, but I haven't watched any of it because um, I assume that if I watch it, James Corden gets a little bit of money and I refuse to. Oh, I don't <laughs> know. Like, I've had enough of these people hating on him. I feel really bad for don't him. Feel like, bad every, for him. everything that he does He's flops. The worst. No, He's it not doesn't. the worst. He's earning huge buckets of cash. Don't feel bad for James Corden. No, but I feel bad for the hit. Like you, I think you could be as really rich, but I feel that if you have so much hate towards you, it's just not nice, is it? Yeah, but th- he does things that encourages people to hate him. What does what What does he do? That thing where he dressed up as a mouse and danced in front of a car to promote Cinderella. Have you seen that? Well, who who cares? Me, I care. It's awful. He's awful, awful man. I think awful, awful man is like. Rishi Sunak. Yeah, he's awful. Or like the guy that has that. That's an awful man. Yeah, James, he's James Corden he's an, is just a just a man. <coughs> does he's an awful entertainer. Is he a bad actor? Um, he's an annoying actor. <sighs> and yeah, he's a bad actor. And he did. Um, uh, you know what? Let's not bother. <laughs> What did he do? Oh, he did a thing at the Oscars once that was like really harsh on special effects artists who are very overworked and underpaid and they're the people that should be, you know, respected. Uh, and he kind of mocked them, which Taika Waititi did recently as well. Shame on him. I'm getting more and more unimpressed with Taika Waititi. I used times. to really like him. And yeah. then something happened. I think he got really famous and I can't watch his interviews anymore because he's got this like open shirt yeah like this tattoo and everything it says is just annoying yeah and and he's i was like oh mad. maybe it's just me maybe it's just me and then you said that uh thor love and thunder is not good and that kind of made me wonder if he his genius has gone because it's become so popular and he's like you know, he's got girls around and I don't know. Well, he's he's gone mad. I think he's gone absolutely mad with the fame that he's acquired. Yeah. Um, which is, who knows? He's making a Star Wars movie, which I guess we'll be talking about Star Wars soon because um, I saw on Letterboxd that you... Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done my homework. Um, I haven't actually introduced... <laughs> Let's start properly now. Okay, yeah. Two friends just made a podcast. Two good friends just made a podcast. Two friends just made a podcast. It's called Culture Bucket. Two friends just made a podcast.
Hello everyone and welcome to episode 79 of Culture Bucket. This is the podcast where two best friends, George and Alex, talk about pop culture that they've been absorbing and watching with a specific focus in each episode. This week, it's Stranger Things Volume 4. We're doing a big deep dive review discussion talk about uh, that show to follow up on our Rewind episode of Volumes 1, 2 and 3 last week. Um, we will also have our usual culture catch-up and my tube with some quite good trailers to watch this week, so hopefully that'll be some good discussion as well. And I'm your host, George. As already mentioned, with me is Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, George. Hi, everyone. Hi, hi, hi. How are you doing today, George? I've had better weeks. Yes. I've... If you can hear, George has got a bit of a... <clears throat> well, this the sore throat I had when we last recorded turned out to be COVID. Um, COVID? Yeah, my second full dose of COVID. Um, uh, probably in ordinary circumstances would have been a less bad, would have been, a, 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 you know, not as bad as my first dose of COVID, but it happened, the height of my infection happened to coincide with the hottest day ever recorded in England, so... It was pretty unbearable. It was one of the worst days I've ever had. <laughs> ever. Last Tuesday was like... I'm sorry. Heart, heart of darkness. Martin Sheen floating down a, a river in Vietnam on a raft kind of day. It was awful. <laughs> now that opening to Apocalypse Now where he's on that bed and the fans going and stuff. Yeah. That was me. That was me for a full day. <laughs> oh my God. So did you have all the fans? I had. I've, so I took a fan from work because I don't have enough fans. I had two fans. Yeah. I I was just on on top of my bed wearing nothing and sweating. Oh, it was awful. Uh, it was so hot, and I just kept eating calippos. <laughs> I ate your calippos. They, they they were useful. Yeah, and I kept getting like I've got like all these various cups that I've shown off over the various episodes that are like thermal cups that's yeah pouring squash and vimto and stuff and putting like five ice cubes in and putting the lid on and it's meant to seal in the thing ice cube melts before you even put the lid on it it was so hot <laughs> it was awful yeah. truly awful i'm sorry yeah but i played a lot of power wash simulator so ah yeah how was that i have cleaned a golf cart a racing okay. car a mm. fire engine, a fire, an entire fire station, a big wow. shoe, um, and something else. <coughs> Can't remember. Loads of stuff. Do do the things get bigger and dirtier the more the levels go? Yeah, and you you up. can buy more powerful power washers to deal with more oh. stuck on like oil based dirt and things. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, so like the fire station was the biggest one so far. That was like mm-hmm. a full fire station, and you know when they train, they mm-hmm. have that tower. That, yeah. That was really dirty. <laughs> That's so basic. But do you have to buy with money or do you earn points and then you buy it with points? Well, you buy it with money, but it's just points with a dollar sign on the front. You're not paying, you're not spending actual money. Yeah, no, I mean actual money. I mean. No, 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 not actual money. Like you do the you do the job and you get paid for everything you clean and then you can, with mm. the money you earn, but it's digital, it's fake money in the game, but then you can buy upgrades and things. Nice. Yeah, and every time you finish a level, it shows you this time-lapse shot of the thing being cleaned 
um, it's really satisfying to watch. It's good. How was how was your week? Uh, fantastic. Uh, it's hot here. Yeah. Very hot. Um, I'm a bit sad because about a week ago, um, this uh, I heard this screeching noise outside our house. We live in the middle of nowhere, <clears throat> and I was like, "Oh, somebody is getting my chicken." I've got chickens, listeners. I've got four chickens, uh, and um, I go outside uh-huh. and I find a, a little like parrot. And so I catch it and I keep it for a couple of days and I go around the village asking people if they lost a parrot. Nobody's lost a parrot. And so I, I get this parrot and I, 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 I buy a cage and then uh, find out it's not a parrot, it's a lovebird. And I, lovebirds need company. Yes. And uh, so because it needed company and I, maybe I thought maybe... I needed, you know, uh, to be entertained. And I felt sorry for this lovebird in this cage. I bought the lovebird loads of toys the other day, two days ago. And then yesterday I was cleaning the lovebird's cage and, and I didn't close the, the cage properly. <laughs> and it, it flew away. <laughs> okay. And it just, it just, it just went around the house all day, just screeching. But now it's disappeared. <laughs> Right. So I had a lovebird for a week. Okay. And I spent loads of money on it. Well, that's so I'm a bit sad. Right. So I'm not sure if I'm sad if because the lovebird has gone or yeah. is because Well what were you gonna do about its need for um co- co- companionship? That's why I bought I bought a loads of toys. Yeah, but that's not a, that's not the same as a a toy isn't a replacement for real I guess not, but I, I don't know how this lovebird arrived here. And so I thought, well, you know, it must have escaped or somebody abandoned it. But <laughs> now it's not around anymore. Well, on the on the nature reserve near where I live, there's like a family of macaws that live there. Because I think once upon a time they escaped from somebody's house as pets ah. and now they just live mm. live live in nature. Well, here we have lots of predatory birds. Yeah. And it's like 35 degrees so i think it's dead well that's uh, so I'm sorry a bit sad. <laughs> your face when i was telling the story you looked you're like what is going on but yeah sorry that i had a lovebird for a week your snow white fantasy didn't live live up to the dream Snow White fantasy. It sounds like you're trying to be Snow White when she's got all the animals dancing around her and helping her clean the house and stuff. It's I I I asked people around the village if they lost a freaking bird. So I was going around. We don't know anyone in the village. So it was like, um, <laughs> they were outside in the garden. It's like, have you lost a bird? <laughs> um, nobody lost a bird, but now we lost a bird. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I should go around the village saying, "Have you found a bird?" But that would be like they'll probably think we're mental. Yeah, because so. most people aren't. Most people would just see it and be like, "Oh, look, a bird." What it it was a it was a. It was a parrot. We don't. Ha- they're not native to the north of Italy. Parrots. <laughs> yeah. So you go. It must be somebody's pet. Or it's like on our nature reserve, and it just it just is. Uh, it wasn't really flying. Like it can't really fly very well. Yeah, but, well, okay. Yeah, and but it flies well enough for to disappear. So now I've got this cage full of toys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I mean, now you I will. You've done the work. You could go and get no, pet. never. I don't like, but I like chickens. Chickens are fantastic because they stay outside. Uh-huh. In fact, every day I was like, I was looking at this bird in this cage. I was like, why are you in a cage? Why well, do people keep birds in cages? Okay, so right. No, I'm quite happy they flew off. Okay, but I good. hope I I wish he she or it or they had flew not flown away. Like a few days before, I spent quite a bit of money on toys. Yes. That annoys me. Um, yeah. But also I'm sad that, you know, she was quite cute or it was. I don't know what, what it was. Bird. But we thought it was a girl and we named her Yuzu. Oh, like the Japanese citrus. Yeah. Fruit. Cool. Nice. Good name. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my story. Good. And I'm melting because it's so hot. Yeah. Um... Would you like to tell me what you've been watching and listening to, etc. this week? Yes, of course. This is Culture Catch-Up Time. This is where we talk about what we've watched, what we've read, what we've listened to, and probably some other stuff. Good. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago we were talking about people getting angry for movies that they haven't watched. And I said about Persuasion. So I watched Persuasion. Oh, yes. Uh, the Netflix film Persuasion. With Dakota uh, Johnson. With Dakota Johnson. And the guy, he's really... The... Henry Golding. Who? Henry Golding. I think he plays the... Ah, yeah. Henry Golding. Yes. I like um, him. Uh, Richard uh, as Mr. Elliot. Richard E. Grant as Sir Walter Elliot. Um, was Richard E. Grant in Emma or was somebody else in Emma who played the dad in Emma the one with Anya hmm. Taylor-Joy oh let me check it's either Richard E. Grant or a Richard E. Grant type what can I know ah Bill Nye ah uh, yeah okay yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a Richard E. Grant type that's yeah Okay. Yeah, and 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 a, and a very big cast. There's uh, Ben Bailey Smith as Charles uh, Musgrove. Sure. And then uh, who else do I know in the cast? Uh, that's yeah, but yeah, other people. But the main people are uh, Dakota John- Johnson. Uh, and who's somebody's missing? Sorry. <laughs> Who is the love interest called? Isn't that Henry Golding? No, well, uh, Henry Golding is the love interest after the love interest. I see. Because uh, Persuasion is about uh, Anne Elliot being in love with a guy, uh, but then um, him not being uh, well off enough for her family to uh, approve uh, of him. The classic and, tale. Yeah, and he goes off uh, to sail because he's a he's a he's a seaman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she she's she's in, she's still in love with him. Yeah. And uh, but when he comes back, there are complications, whatever. And then the second love interest is. Um, uh, Mr. Elliot with his Henry Golding. Right. But I can't remember. Oh, let me just check a second. Okay. What's his name? Ah, Cosmo Jarvis. He's uh, Caprid, uh, Cap. <laughs> Cosmo Jarvis. He's a Caprizi salad. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. 
Uh, he plays um, Cap- Captain oh. Frederick Wentworth. Oh, like so, uh, like I said before, is uh, uh, kind of a it's 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 a it's based on a Jane Austen book. Yeah. And um, my understanding of this movie is that it's what if Jane Austen, but also Fleabag. <laughs> is that accurate at all? <clears throat> Not really. Okay. Uh, it's that's what the, the trailer is, makes it look like. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I don't. I, yeah, you could say Fleabag. It's when you bl- you break the fourth wall. Then, uh, you know, now it's Fleabag. It used to be Ferenc Bueller's Day Off. Like, it's yeah, just, but it's it more, it's more than just breaking the fourth wall. It's like a sort of a woman, a, a woman's love life, and then she's sort of looking to the camera yeah. and going, mm. yeah, I guess so. If you wanna, if you wanna put give it uh that label, yeah, it could be like uh, uh Jane Austen meets uh, uh Fleabag. And um yeah, so it's 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 a love story. It's a it's a it's a Jane Austen love story. It's all about family and wealth and how idiotic things are in that idiotic things were in that period of time mm-hmm. that you you had to marry well, you had to marry for money. All about marriage being transactional more than love and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And then in the end, in it ends quite well where you know. Um, and and Frederick do end up together, and I personally really enjoyed this film. I thought it was fun. It was a good take on persuasion. It wasn't too long. It wasn't too accurate. It wasn't like extremely accurate, but you know, it told the story. It told it in a nice way. the The cast is very diverse, which is really interesting, um, which I quite like because if you want to take persuasion, kind of in a in a different in 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 a more actual era now i think is really good mm-hmm. uh, uh dakota johnson is amazing i i the more i see her the more i think she's a really great actress and um it worked really well like the the chemistry between cosmo javis and dakota johnson is really nice and regarding is always beautiful and uh yeah i really i really liked it i don't know why people like are really negative about it i guess i guess it's just a little bit uh and elliot is just a little bit too uh is a bit too strong and uh and uh, it doesn't it doesn't follow the book by the letter. But if it did, it would have to be a series, like a six part series of an hour, probably. Mm. And I think this is a nice little, you know, short film about it. So I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't know what people are. I was trying to read bad reviews about it, but they just felt stupid. Fair enough. And I love I love Jane Austen, uh, and I feel like you know as a Jane Austen as a person that likes Jane Austen, I thought this was absolutely fine and very enjoyable to watch, and I like Dakota Johnson, and I'm sad that it got bad reviews because of her. Oh, it got bad reviews because of Dakota Johnson. No, no, no. I'm sad because they got bad reviews because I like her so much oh, and I okay. think she's great, and right. I want her to do the really well. That's that's why you know. Fair enough. Um, but I think 
I don't know, I've got a feeling sometimes that if you come from a background, or maybe I'm just speculating, but I feel like if you come from a background where your first few films were a certain way, like 60 Shades of Grey, how many? 50? 50, there were 50 Shades of Grey. 50. (laughs) Like 50 Shades of Grey. Mm. I think you're scrutinised even more. Yeah. And any mess up, I think, is they, they go for it. And I just don't want... I want her to just thrive because I think she's She's done so quite good. a lot since it though, I think. I think I think she's moved yeah. on successfully from it. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I I want her to be always successful. I, I really like when I I think she's been great and stuff I've watched. I'm not gonna watch this because I'm not a Jane Austen fan, but No. I thought the trailer looked perfectly fun. Um Yeah, it's a, it does the thing that, that I don't understand the bad reviews. It's a fun film. I think a lot of people from what I read it's Jane Austen's last novel and most mature or mm. something, and yeah. this seemed a bit too frivolous and light-hearted for what people, Jane Austen, aficionados wanted. Was my what I read from the stuff I looked at. Um, yeah. God, people are so crazy. Yeah, they are. I think. Uh, Jamie Dornan as well has moved on pretty well from Fifty Shades. Yeah, I think they've both done yeah. fairly well to escape the. Uh, Amazing. As as has yeah. Pattinson and Stewart from yeah. Twilight. They've all. Yeah. They've not fallen prey to the Mark Hamill curse of um, mm. you know, struggling to move on from a an iconic role. Kind of. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. <clears throat> good. Good for them. And then I watched a two thousand and sixteen film. Uh, called Colossal. Oh, with yeah, Anne Hathaway. With uh, Anne Hathaway, mm. Jason Sudeikis, uh, Tim Blake Nelson is in it, which is always nice to see him. Tim Blake Nelson. What did I say? I just sounded like you said Tim Blake Nelson, like the Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson Tim mashed with Blake. that um record producer. <laughs> uh yeah and this i i I thought it was so weird i watched it because i i just never i haven't i hadn't heard of it what's it about uh it's about uh gloria who is uh i think she's a writer uh but she spends most of her i think she's been fired and she spends most of her times um kind of partying and her horrible uh boyfriend uh packs her bags and leave uh, and tells her to leave the flat. So she she's clearly struggling, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just says to go away, and she goes back to her uh, childhood uh, home uh, where she she meets her childhood friend and they get along really well. Uh, but then um, at the same time, there is a monster appearing in Seoul, and uh, she finds out that she has got uh, <laughs> she is. Uh, kind of the monster in Seoul. Yeah. Uh, and uh, her childhood friend turns out to be not who she thought it was. He was, and it's just this story about this girl, woman that, uh, if she goes to a certain place, she she then appears as a monster in Seoul. Could the monster be a metaphor of some description? Could the monster be a metaphor of some Perhaps description? Perhaps for trauma or addiction. Trauma or addiction. Well, you tell me. Well, I haven't seen the movie, Alex. So, um, that but that's just ah. what it sounds like. It sounds like a film where oh. maybe there's a metaphor at play. I did not. 
I found this film very strange. <laughs> I did not. I did not get what the point was of this film. Like it's it's okay. I enjoy watching Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. I I had a fun, enjoyable time watching them, but I did not understand what this film was about really i guess she's being uh, self-destructive and then that that destruct self-destruction is manifested physically in the world through a kaiju is was my understanding of the film but the, the reviews of it were largely like you like you say like that's the idea but it doesn't do anything with it and the, no, the reviews are fairly exactly. mixed so i never watched yeah, it yeah like it could have been so good because you've got you you've got the the idea is good it's just it wasn't delivered, I don't think, because right. I did not get what you, I I did not get what you just said, and now I'm thinking, oh, that's a great idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. isn't it that when and, she gets really hammered and smashed, that's when the well, no, no, she has to go to a specific place. Oh, ah, right. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing. I think now talking to you about it, if she got smashed, and then every time she got smashed that happened yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have made more sense but no it's a specific place in a specific time and it just didn't make any sense yeah, like how yeah, yeah. it just it was really weird and then the reasoning and then they had to explain why this happened and that was silly so yeah it's it, the kind of movie where you just some things don't need to be explained right like exactly exactly and if they had if they made it really simple that she went back to her childhood home and this happened, uh, I guess they couldn't really make it happen every time she was drunk because then this monster would have destroyed the entire of Seoul. Yeah, but maybe that's the, you know. Yeah, I don't know. So it, the, the idea is great. It just didn't make, it, did, it wasn't delivered very well. Mm. Um, and uh, I think... It could have been done some because it's a really good idea. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's really good, and there's not just her as a monster. That there's another one that at one point like. Oh. Yeah, so it's it's fun. the The concept is really interesting and fun. It just wasn't delivered very well, so it's a shame. That is a because, shame. Yeah, because it could have been really, really good, and um, yeah, and the over explanation. You know, we don't really. Uh, like it. Uh, and then I did my homework. Well done. Yeah, finally, after weeks of waiting, I finally did my homework and I watched Star Wars Episode 9 The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. In my opinion, yeah. the worst Star Wars movie ever made. What, what, Why what? do you say that? Um, because my favourite Star Wars movie, controversially, is The Last Jedi which <clears throat> takes a lot of what you expect from the middle film in a Star Wars trilogy like The Empire mm. Strikes Back and flips it on its head and takes what you expect characters like Luke Skywalker to be to be like mm. and flips them on their head. So you expect Luke Skywalker to be this big hero and Rey spends all the Force Awakening looking for him. And then when she finally finds him, he doesn't have any interest in being a Jedi anymore and he says the Jedi should end and she has to then fight mm. to convince him to mm. um, to help and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the fan reaction to that was so negative that, and also that originally it was many stars episode nine, Jewel of the Fates, which was a cool title. Yeah. And Colin Trevorrow had written it and was going to direct it, 
And then he uh, made a movie called The Book of Henry, which is um, amazing, mm. but also one of the worst films anyone's ever made. Um, <laughs> I'd love to do a special on The Book of Henry one day, because that movie is okay. there's so much to talk about with that film. <laughs> um, but, but basically was so bad that he was fired from the Star Wars project. So they brought in J.J. Abrams, who made The Force Awakens, to very quickly turn around a new sequel that ditched all of the things Colin Trevor was going to do and just they very quickly had to write a finale to this nine so they've over nine movies effectively they've done this Skywalker saga and then the movie that's going yeah. to wrap up the whole thing is suddenly this rush job thing where J.J. Abrams doesn't like all the things that Ryan Johnson did in Last Jedi mm. so kind of spends a lot of the movie either tur- like turning back on that kind of stuff or retconning it a little bit <clears throat> And kind of the movie feels like it's fighting with its own history mm. and struggling to come up with any other ideas of its own. And also it, the writing is awful. The dialogue mm-hmm. is terrible. Mm-hmm. And um, like they bring back things that didn't need to be brought back, such as Emperor Palpatine. How did he come back? In the words of the movie, somehow. Somehow, <laughs> yes. Somehow he's back. Come yeah. on. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, and and it it does it, it it's again the final film in a nine film saga so should have some stakes, but they're so scared of the fans now that nothing sticks, nothing matters. So like yeah. Chewbacca dies, and then literally within ten minutes they're like, oh no, actually he's not dead, he's fine. Yeah. I I what did you think of it? Um, it was entertaining. Let's say that. I, it was I will not say that, but you you're free to say that. Uh, it like it 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 was it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But do you not think because I think because oh, oh. I because you really played it down because it's uh, awful. But yeah, it's silly. It's really silly. I hate the silliness. like the fa- the fact that you know uh, Ray is now Ray Palpatine Palpatine. <laughs> so, because I was assuming that she was going to be a Skywalker. Well, but no, she she's is. a Palpatine. Well, she's uh, what? What the kiss with the with Ben made a made a Skywalker. No, because she they, just you know, decided to be Skywalker. Yeah, and um, I I I found it difficult to hate because I I I really love love seeing you know Daisy Ridley, John Boyega. But do you not hate uh, seeing John Boyega? given like so poorly served by the movie yeah yeah th- th- i want yeah and absolutely. rose rose yeah exactly because you're doing that because they basically cut her out of the film <clears throat> she's like a main character in the last jedi i really liked her in the last jedi i know i'm the only person in the world that does apparently but in this movie they're like hey rose we're going on an adventure you're going to come and she's like oh no i'm going to stay in base i'm going to stay at base and then she's got oh. like two scenes in the base yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a disappointment. Yeah, and it, I found it fairly. Oh, it it was. It, I think because I'm not invested anymore because it's so. I don't know. I don't know what they've done. I've I've just lost the maybe the passion for it, because. Do you know why I can't find it entertaining? Because like apart from all the th- all the big things I've mentioned that, that are wrong with it, in terms of just being able to sit down and enjoy it as a movie, the MCUification of it all is mm. unbearable to me. There's a scene mm. where they're being chased by. 
they're being checked. They're on that planet where some of the worst writing that's ever been in a movie happens. Where that that girl's like, on my planet, we it's really important to us to know what your family name is. What's your family? Oh, that was ridiculous. That was so awful, stupid. And then yeah. they get chased out by stormtroopers, and th- during this very bad action scene where they're being chased by stormtroopers, there's a bit where they start flying after them on jetpacks and Poe Dameron, played by Oscar Isaac, and this is emblematic of everything that's wrong in the movie. Turns around and goes. They fly now? They fly now. Oh, it's the worst, and it's an MCU-style bad, stupid quip. And I like those things in those movies, but it doesn't have any place in Star Wars. That kind of stupid, quipping witticism with every character is just throwing out one-liners, that's not what Star Wars is, and that's what they did to Mm. Star Wars in that movie. And it means that even the action scenes, I can't find them entertaining because they're so awful to me i hate that movie i hate it yeah it's not it's not great but <laughs> sorry i yeah i don't i don't know i think i've hated so much that i, don't, I just don't care i don't know I, I i think they probably just what about the bit it. where they're all drowning in the in the sand and john berger's like i've got to tell you something important what was what was and it where, yeah i don't know also why does why do 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 ray and ben kiss um somehow why and why ha- why does he disappear? Be- oh, because of like when Obi Wan Kenobi disappeared, so it's a thing that you can do. Maybe I did not like it actually. <laughs> I don't know. I it, it was very disjointed, very uh, you know the the Jedi powers have now become crazy. You can like resuscitate people. You can. It's just a bit. Yeah, I like. I actually like that. I, I like the force. I like that the force isn't yet fully known, and that it can do things you didn't expect. Like uh, in in there's a video game that's better than this movie called Jedi Fallen Order, where you play this Je- Jedi called Cal Kestis that survived Order sixty six, and um, he has a spe- specific power that he can use the force to like look at an item and then know the memories of people that have a strong attachment to that item mm. and that's like a specific force power that just he and a couple of people can do and i like i like that kind of like palpatine has his lightning for example mm. that's like an evil jedi power i like that they've introduced ideas of like different things that maybe good jedi can do that are specific to them but it's not yeah. handled well that's yeah. It was just a little bit like I didn't. I didn't find it as bad as others. I didn't. I just yeah. I didn't. It was just a <clears> bit too much. And it's a shame that they have to listen to their fans so much because the thing is, they could create new fans that are not old school. I hate everything about this because it's not true to this. You know that enjoy the film. Not everybody has to enjoy the film. Yeah, but and I'll, I'll... Uh, thinking about it being the last of a trilogy, it is pretty bad because it's just... It's ridiculous. not even the end of a trilogy. It's the end of a nine-film saga. Yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah. and the weird thing is, <clears throat> in my professional life, I run a Star Wars fan c- club for young people. And, um, you know, like 11 through to 13-year-olds. They hate these films these new ones and they mm. their favorite star wars are the prequels 
okay. which came out before they were born. Like, it's not as if they have nostalgia. Yeah. You know, to them, they're equally as old as the originals. Do you see what I mean? Like, they're, yeah. they're both... Yeah. All of all six of those films came out before they were born, but they like the prequels the best. They like Jar Jar. That's what the young people seem to like. They Ugh. don't like these new ones because they're so disjointed all over the place. Mm. They like the prequels because they're... I don't know. Mad. No. Yeah. It would have been nice if they just, after episode uh, seven, if they kind of completely went, like, episode eight a little bit off the rails and carried on. And maybe if they had carried on that way, maybe there could have been more. Yeah. Because I, what made me a little bit sad yesterday was like, oh, it's such a shame that these characters, like Finn and uh, Ray and Poe, we're not going to see them anymore. Yep. And it's such a shame because they were a really good team and they really worked well together. And I really, you know, <coughs> I love watching Adam Driver in anything and I would have loved for him to still be alive and be Ben, not Kylo Ren. Mm. Um, so that that was really kind of sad because if they if they had made money, maybe I was I was thinking about this. Have more. I was thinking about this yesterday when I was playing a game and thinking about how it's mad that in to a lot of fans of genre stuff like this and also just in culture generally in films and things, it seems to sometimes only matter to people whether characters die or live. Like there's no other. Like any any subtlety, any character growth or journeys that people go on are mm. irrelevant. It's just who's going to die and who's going to live. Yeah, and it's so much of it comes down to to that that almost. So it's like people be like, "Oh well, we have to kill some characters because that's what people will expect." It's like, why? Why does like? Yeah. Why does I quite like the fact you know that Ben that Kylo Ren becomes Ben, and then. Yeah, but no, he dies. Um, well, he doesn't die; he just disappears. Yeah, because he becomes one with the Force, like Obi Wan Kenobi did. Yeah, but he was alive, so he resuscitates Ray. Yeah, and he uses and all his life force to resuscitate her. He gives her his life. I didn't like the kiss. I thought the kiss was stupid. Yeah, it was unnecessary. It didn't need to happen. I, I, I was like, when they kissed, I was like, what? They just like they're like brother and sister. They should hug, mm. not kiss. No, I think a was... hug would have been much better. No. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 sad, but um. Well, the next Star Wars movie is being made by our favorite director Taika Waititi, so it can we can only go up from here. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we will. What else have you got? Oh, uh, that's it. Is it? I think so. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to know what I've yeah. been doing? <laughs> You've been power spraying some, some virtual well, dirty other stuff. other than that, because I've already talked about power wash simulator. Uh, <clears throat> no. Well, what have you been doing? Uh, no. <laughs> we'll just no. move on to the next <laughs> no. um, Okay, first of all, I've spent uh, the better part of a full day of my life attempting to access the America-only streaming service HBO Max uh, through use of a VPN. Um, because if you type into Google how to watch HBO Max in the UK, it comes up and says, oh, oh, couldn't be easier. Simply download a VPN. <laughs> yeah. Tell it you're in America. Download the HBO Max app. And then just sign up with PayPal. 
because you don't need to sail country in for PayPal. <clears throat> and I was like, excellent. <laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait. So I downloaded yeah. a VPN and then I went to think and I searched for HBO Max and it didn't come up. And then I went, I was like, oh, well, sometimes if you search on Google, it will then link you to the store page for it. So I did that and then it, the store page came up and it said not available in new country. And I was like, but I'm on a VPN and I'm telling it I'm in America. They said it couldn't be easier. This is now challenging. So I made an American Google account and told it oh, I was American God. and I cleared wow. all of the cache and data on my Google Play Store and restarted yeah. it. And then finally I was able to download the HBO Max app. Great. Couldn't be simpler. Log in. Now. Yes. So I signed up for it, logged in and it said, how are you going to pay? And I said, oh, my dear friend, I'm going to pay for it with PayPal. And they said, well, this is a British PayPal account. And I said, ah, well, you said it couldn't be Google said it wasn't couldn't be simpler so then i tried to make an american paypal account can't do that without an american phone number so then i googled again <laughs> how do you pay for hbo max if you're in the uk and it's it, somebody said i oh, couldn't be easier just buy a gift card <laughs> and use the gift card so i looked up hbo max gift cards they don't exist that's not a thing that exists why did who wrote that article that said that's what you should do and then they might get a prepaid american debit card and then I was like, okay, I'll do that. And I looked it up and there was a website and I almost signed up to it and gave them my bank account details. And then I was like, this is a bit shady. I'll just look this up. No, it's a scam. Don't use that site. So oh that's that's not an option really, unless you want to run the risk of being scammed. Yeah. So it didn't happen. Couldn't get onto HBO Max. Annoying. Because I wanted to watch the first episode of the newest series from one of my all-time favourite comedians, Nathan Fielder. Famously of Nathan For You fame. Yeah. Who's back with his HBO show, The Rehearsal. Yeah. And because I live in the stupidest country in the world. Yeah. I dread when new HBO stuff gets made because it just, because of Sky and Rupert Murdoch and their stupid contracts they've signed with American media companies, we can't have HBO Max in the UK until 2025. We have Now TV instead. And the idea behind Now TV was that, oh, well, when a HBO show like Game of Thrones comes out, it will be on now at the same time, which is great for big popular things like Game of Thrones. But when it's something less popular, mm. they don't care. They don't bother to get it get it on there for you. So I can't, watch, I can't watch the rehearsal on Now TV. I can't watch it on HBO Max, despite the endless articles on Google saying it couldn't be simpler, couldn't be easier. Well, what I don't understand. Yes. And maybe you can explain that to Go. me. Why, for Netflix, HBO Max, and all these these things, yeah. why can we not have unlimited showing of everything? Since we're paying, we're paying for stuff, and at the end of the day, I've got Netflix, and sometimes I watch Netflix for Japan using <clears> a <throat> VPN. Mm-hmm. You like, I don't understand why we can't have we can't have HBO Max in England. It makes no sense because, in theory, if you if if you're gonna pay money, whatever money comes in is gonna be, I I will pay in pounds and you receive dollars. Yeah. You know, I don't understand why we can't just all watch the same things. For example, Disney Plus is all the same, isn't it? Uh to a degree, but um, stuff that goes to Hulu in America comes to yeah. Disney Plus in the UK, but not at the same time. So there's a similar issue happening at the moment with a show called The Old Man, which stars our favorite. Actor Jeff Bridges is is a sort of yeah. retired spy. It's going to be very, very good. 
That's on Hulu. No, that's actually on FX in America, which is mm. a Fox channel, which is owned by Disney. So when it comes to the UK, it will be on Star yeah. on Disney Plus, but it's not on there yet. They've decided. But to why? Work. Because of. Because they want to wait until because they haven't promoted it and marketed it and advertised it, so they're not going to get maximum viewers on it immediately. So they need to wait until they're ready to show it. Because that's just absolute crap. Yeah, because in it's my it's it's business focused instead of consumer friendly. So it's it's all and like at some point in the past, HBO have signed a content deal with, uh, Sky B Sky B in the UK. Um, before streaming really existed, guaranteeing sky the rights to content made by them right but then now that we have streaming services it creates a more complicated thing where you know that nathan fielder's new show the rehearsal is out but because sky and now tv as an extension get a first right access to it in the uk can't watch it Mm. because they've not bothered to get it get it ready to stream because they it's not the right time it's annoying and it shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't be a thing in the age of streaming. It, you know, these services should be available globally. It's it's ridiculous that they're, you know, that's that's why at least when something is a Netflix thing, I'm always glad because it means we'll get it at the same time as everyone else. Whereas some things yeah. in the UK just, like there's a show called How To with John Wilson, which is executive produced by Nathan Fielder that I would love to watch. That's mm. about two years old at this point. Never, but never made it to anything. Doesn't even isn't even out on Amazon video to like digitally rent or buy, which is mad. Like I will give you money. Like, let me give you money specifically to watch the rehearsal. I will pay you money. I will pay you five pounds per episode to watch the rehearsal. That's how much I want to watch. (laughs) (coughs) Like, I don't want to go around the corner and cheat using VPNs, et cetera. I'll happily pay what, what you want me to pay to watch your stuff. Just make it available. Don't, why are you making it unavailable? But it makes no sense that like these old contracts that they did between HBO and Sky because it must have been like, why doesn't HBO that is a multi billion dollar company probably pay Sky saying well we're not gonna give you the rights anymore break the contract? That's not how the contract works. Like you can't just break. That's a crazy contract. though. I know it's mad. It's, this is why because you can make so much more money if you have like worldwide viewers. Yeah, but this is like like Marvel signed a deal with Sony to give Sony just perpetual rights to Spider-Man in cinema. And that's why we have this weird Spider-Man Tom Holland thing where mm. it's the movies are made by Marvel but the money goes to Sony still. Because they own the rights to the character. It's it's and, and that will the only way that will end is if um, Disney buys Sony Pictures which pro- they probably will at some point. Anyway, <laughs> Anywho. Uh, in the end, our good friend Dan in Australia came through because n- ah. the rehearsal is available on uh, an Ameri- on Australian streaming service. Oh. Just not a, not a British one. So something called Foxtel, which you can get access in Australia, I was able to finally use that to watch the rehearsal. And um, the rehearsal... So Nathan For You was a show where Nathan Fielder would go and help struggling businesses to improve with new <laughs> ideas. For yeah. example, um, if you were a uh, yogurt shop struggling to, a frozen yogurt shop struggling to get new customers to come in, maybe come up, he, Nathan would come up with an exciting new flavour of yogurt for them to try, such as poo-flavoured yogurt. And then he'd, the, the great thing about Nathan Fielder that makes him, a, a very good comedian and very good at doing these kinds of shows is that he commits entirely to the bit every time. So like he doesn't just mm. go, let's do a poo flavored yogurt 
throw a bunch of brown food colouring in there. He goes to a professional laboratory that produces tastes for things and gets them to make something that's genuinely poo-flavoured and then he genuinely makes the guy make poo-flavoured yoghurt. And it's horrible, obviously. But really? he commits to, like he commits to the bit. So the rehearsal, instead of helping struggling businesses, now he's helping people with big life moments. So people he's recruited, I think there's six episodes in total, and he's recruited people who have a big event in their life that they want to get right. And he helps them prepare for it by rehearsing for it. So in the first episode, he hooks up with this guy who's on a pub trivia team in America. And for the last 12 years, he's been lying to his team, saying that he has a master's degree, but he doesn't actually have a master's degree. And he's very nervous to tell, in particular, one of his teammates who's quite um, emotional and could fly off the handle quite easily. He's very nervous to tell her the truth, but he wants to get it off his Mm. back. So Nathan, using HBO's money, constructs a life-size, perfectly, completely accurate replica of the bar that they play trivia in hires a load of actors, hires an actress to play this friend of this guy, and then gets him to run through the evening 15 times with all different potential possibilities <laughs> to rehearse this moment again and again and again and again to try and find out whether... To, to kind of help the guy do this thing. And the beautiful thing about the rehearsal is... I was quite nervous about it because it's like... It, Nathan For You is such a perfect TV show, in my opinion, and the energy mm. that he brings to it. I was like, will that translate to this new idea? And it does 100%. It is exactly the same vibe Mm. and feeling and energy of Nathan for you, just with a different focus. And he's very, very good at pulling out moments, like getting people to reveal something odd about themselves. or So, like, this moment comes up where it turns out the guy is basically more, even though the rehearsal is all to do with and the reason that he's set up this trivia night for just him and this girl is to tell her that he doesn't really have a degree nathan works out Mm. that he's still determined to win the trivia evening Mm. and that if he loses the trivia evening he won't tell her this truth because he'll be too focused on being stressed out about not knowing the trivia so nathan has to come up with like a way of making sure the guy knows the answers to the trivia questions but without telling the guy that that's what he's doing because the guy wouldn't cheat if you see what I mean so that's a very funny and then there's a bit where the guy says it's like you're he walks into this bar for the first time it's like it's like it's a perfect recreation of this bar you're like Willy Wonka and Nathan Fielder just perfectly picks up on that and just get just starts having a conversation with him about how the fact that Willy Wonka murdered a load of children in the factory and why is he telling him that he's like Willy Wonka when <laughs> effectively he might it's like the bad guy of this story and he's just very good at like pulling on threads that people say and, and finding mm. the comedy in it. And it's, it's great. And then the moment, I won't spoil it too much because people should watch it if you're in the UK when it's available. Um, but the moment where they, you, you know, you watch this rehearsal happen again and again, the moment where the real thing happens and you get to see it play out for real and see how the guy does it, 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 it feels like Nathan's genuinely helped this man prepare for what to him is a really big, important moment in his life. And it's actually more so than he ever achieved in Nathan for you. It actually ends up being quite sweet and Aww. emotionally quite affecting. And it's, it's the first episode is, is all that's out so far, but it's, it's an amazing piece of television and I, I loved it and I can't wait to see more of it. So the rehearsal, um, it took me an unreasonable <laughs> amount of time to, um, 
to watch it, but I'm really glad I did because I thought it was brilliant. Um, moving on, another new TV show that is available widely to everyone because it's on Netflix, so they just put stuff up for everyone at once, is the new Resident Evil adaptation. Mm, I saw that. Yeah, that's hit uh, the 2022 Resident Evil show. Um, lots of warning signs about this show. Uh, when they announced it, they announced that it was set in two timelines, one in 2022 following a character called Albert Wesker, and if you've played any of the games, you'll be aware of how important he is. Um, and then there was some... I don't even want to talk about it, really, but there was some outcry because they announced that Lance Reddick was playing Albert Wesker, and Lance Reddick is a black actor, and Albert Wesker is not a black character in the games. They are lucky to have someone as good as Lance Reddick playing this character in this show. Like, he is the reason. If you're going to watch this show, it's because of Lance Reddick. The man Mm. is one of the greatest character actors. You'll know him. He plays the hotel concierge in uh, John Wick, in the John Wick movies. He's that very... Oh, I like him. He's amazing. He's he's never done anything bad. I absolutely adore him. Um. And I was like, really? so, But some idiots were like, oh, it's not... Doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> they are... They, 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 From they the sh- back of their computers, just like... <laughs> exactly. You could just imagine their faces, like these big toad men. They struck gold um, getting out Lance Reddick in the show. And it, it mm. like, well done them for, for, for inspired casting. Because he's perfect. Uh, the the bigger genuine worry in a way is that the character of Albert Wesker dies in one of the games, which is set in two thousand and nine, and they said this show is set in twenty twenty two, and the main character is Albert Wesker and his two twin daughters, and everyone was like, well, he doesn't have twin daughters, and he died eleven years before that or thirteen years before that, so it's not canonical to the games then, and then the creators were like, oh no, it's canonical to the games, and. We know that he died and, you know, watch the show. And then the second timeline is 2036, following one of his daughters as an adult Jade Wesker, um, attempting to survive in a sort of apocalyptic zombie wasteland. And it's Mm. very far removed from... It's not a direct adaptation of any of the games, uh, which I guess got people worried. And then it came out and the reviews are wild. Like, loads of reviews are, this is terrible and dreadful and don't watch it and it's awful. And then places mm. like The Guardian gave it four stars and were like, you'll binge this to death. It's it's so much fun. And GameSpot, uh, quite a big gaming website in America, gave it nine out of ten and called it the best adaptation of Resident Evil to date. Um, and nice. that's not saying that much because the, the other adaptations are various bad CGI animated films, um, <laughs> a run of Mili Jovovich starring Paul W.S. Anderson directed movies, um, which are intermittently fun, but bad less and less resemblance to Resident Evil as they go along. And um, a film from last year called Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which I adore, but uh, is generally not very well regarded. But anyway, I sat down to watch it, Skeptical, and watched the first 20 minutes of the first episode and was like, I'm not going to watch any more of this. It's awful, and the dialogue is unbearable, and the acting is weird, and the only good thing in it is Lance Reddick, and it was pretty disappointing. But then my brother carried on watching it and was messaging me about it and it sounded interesting and then I caught COVID and had n- literally nothing else to do. <laughs> so I watched it and um, I watched the whole thing in about three days, and it, all eight episodes, and it turned out that it's kind of great. 
Oh. And I really hope people give it more of a chance than it seems to have gotten, especially any any big Resident Evil fans who turned off after the first episode. Stick with it and keep going. And like the questions about how canonical it is to the games are answered. Um, you know, the fact that Wesker died in Resident Evil 5 but is in this show that's set after it and stuff. All of that, actually, they end up sort of approaching it and, and, and answering those questions. And it's silly and it's stupid and it's goofy, but so are the games. Like, this isn't an adaptation of a Jane Austen novel. This is an adaptation of a video game about <laughs> biological monsters. Um, it's good. It's a good show. Um, Lance Reddick is the reason to watch it. He's really fantastic in it and he gets to do quite a lot of show a lot of range and um yeah some of the stuff set in the future with the grown-up jade character is a mm. bit weaker because and it's no offense to the actress playing her but the character is not that well written and makes some really like mm. some of the stupidest decisions i've ever seen a character make in, in anything and made by uh, jade wesker in this show mm. but other than that, uh, I had a really good time with it and would recommend it to people. People should check it out. Up next, the last, last TV show I want to talk about is a new show that's on Apple+. Plus. Again, uh, thanks to Apple, it's a widely available to everyone, um, you know, if you have a subscription to that show. It's a TV show called Blackbird. It's based on a true story. It's showrun-erd, as in it's written and sort of produced and stuff, by a guy called Dennis Lehane, who's mainly a novelist. Mm who wrote like the novels for Mystic River and Shutter mm-hmm. Island and is you know is is well versed in sort of crime drama stuff this show follows a character called Jimmy played by Taryn Edgerton who we know from Rocketman and the Kingsman movies etc oh, yeah. um in the 90s is a big time cocaine dealer uh, gets caught early on in the first episode uh takes a plea deal to just do 5 years um, gets basically betrayed by the judge and gets given a 10-year prison sentence um, and is devastated because his relationship with his father, who's very close to, is going to be affected by this. His father has a stroke in the first episode. His father, played by Ray Liotta, who sadly passed mm. away recently, um, yeah. is, is, he's great in this and it's you know great, great that he got this one last opportunity to show off his talent. Um, and in, in order to try and hopefully see his father before he gets any iller, he takes a deal where he is is given this offer by the um police to get transferred to a maximum security prison in mm. an attempt to befriend a suspected serial murderer mm. to try and get from this guy the location of a body. And if he can find out where this body is, they'll commute his sentence and release him immediately so that he can be with his father. The killer, Larry, is played by... um. Paul Walter Hauser, who is in I, Tonya. He plays a bodyguard, I think, in I, Tonya. Okay. And is also in yeah. Cruella, the Cruella movie and stuff. Uh, he's a great actor and he's really good in this. He He's doing this really white... My brother described it sounding like Kermit the Frog. He's doing this very interesting voice and he's got these <laughs> huge mutton-chop sideburns, which he keeps telling people are actually called burn sides. Um, and Greg Kinnear is also in there as a... Um, a detective investigating the original killings. Um, and finally, there's a really good actress who in, in it who I've not seen in anything else who plays the detective that sort of makes this offer to uh, Taryn Edgerton. And she's called Sepide, Sepide Moafi. Apologies if I'm mm. getting that wrong. But um, she's very good in this. She's like really, really good in it. Um, and the music is all done by Scottish band Mogwai, 
uh, interestingly. Oh, cool. So Apple don't do a Netflix. They don't put everyone up to binge. They release things one at a time, pretty much. So I watched the fourth episode this morning out of six. Mm. So it's not finished it, but so far I think it's amazing. I really, really, really like it. Um, it's an interesting thing where it's a serial killer drama, but mm. instead it doesn't really focus on, like, there's not much violence in it. You don't see any of the killings happen. It's all pretty much set, a lot of it anyway, is set within the prison and follows um, Jimmy as he attempts to befriend and understand this guy. And mm. there's all these questions being asked outside about whether he even did the killings at all. Is he a serial confessor? There's discoveries that maybe he planted evidence on himself uh, that couldn't have been real, and maybe he didn't do some of these murders. So is he really a killer at all? And it's a very, mm. it, you know, the way the story plays out is it's really, it's just very well done. It's just extremely well made, and it's nice to see something this well done, um, and and well made and stuff. And the acting is great. Taron Egerton is great in it. He looks like Robert Patrick in Terminator Two. He's he's like made himself into a triangle shape almost, mm-hmm. um, which apparently is like quite important to the original guy. Uh, that it's based on. So, yeah, I'd really recommend Blackbird. I think it's uh, fantastic, and. Lastly, very quickly, two video games I've also played this week while I've been away. A game that you would like, Alex, called Stray, which is set in a mm-hmm. futuristic city uh, that is lived in by robots. But you don't play as a robot. You play as an ordinary cat. Ah. And you team up with this little robot companion that lives in a backpack that you wear. And um, you run around this city doing little tasks for the robots and trying to find your way back out into the world uh, where the rest of your cat family are. And um, Nice. It's just a fun, simple little game that really commits to the idea of you being a cat and, like, every rug that you walk across, you can press a button to make biscuits on it. And um, mm. every sofa that you pass, you can press a button to scratch the, the couch and stuff. And, yeah, it's, a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty wonderful little thing and the animation's very well done. And the, if you press circle, your cat does a meow and there's not re- any real gameplay reason for it other than it's lovely to be able to just press a button to make a meow noise. Uh, it's delightful and it's about four hours long I played for the whole thing this week uh, at full price it's £25 in the UK which is too much money but if you are a subscriber to the um, it's only on PlayStation if you're a subscriber to the newly released uh, PlayStation Plus premium tier thing um, you can get it for free which is it's definitely worth for free um, so Stray is good and then over on the Xbox I've been playing a game called As Dusk Falls which I wanted to mention because in the trailers it looked awful. They've been trailing it for a while, <laughs> and it's um yeah. like an interactive graphic novel. So in all the trailers, you it's it's um it's a story of a family who gets stuck in a motel on on a road trip across the country to move house, and then the motel gets um uh taken over by three brothers who are on the run, and um they get all get taken hostage. That's like the setup, but it's all done through um still images with voiceover over them and then like occasional lighting effects and stuff but there's no actual animation on the characters because um it that's the kind of art style that they've gone for and um in a trailer it looks awful because you're like why would you play this sort of weird it looks like a flash animation thing but in actuality i think the reason that it looks like that is because the gameplay is entirely based around making choices about what your characters are going to say and do and how they react to different situations. And 
the the events can play out in so many different ways that to animate all of those things would take forever. So mm. instead, they've done it with this motion comic style and just done a lot of voiceover to kind of um enrich it. And the quality of the voice acting is incredibly high caliber, and the writing is really really good. So it almost you almost forget once you get into it and get into the rhythm of it, you forget that you you're watching these still images because the world gets brought to life by the quality of the acting and the writing. And it allows there to be such a huge uh, degree of choice for the player that it kind of, it you know, it's like you're playing a prestige drama. This is what all the reviews say. It's like you're playing, you're playing your version of a Breaking Bad episode and you're given the freedom to, like, decide what the characters will do. And there's genuinely mm. very different outcomes because of, because of they've, they've taken this shortcut in terms of the animation. And um, it looked really bad in trailers, and I was really kind of like not even going to give it the time of day, but it turns out I've played the first two chapters, and it's it's really, really enjoyable. And again, it's on Game Pass, so if you're on Game Pass on the Xbox, you can play it basically for free. And I would recommend it. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, so that's my that's my culture catch-up. The rehearsal, Resident Evil, Blackbird, Stray, and As Dusk Falls. I forgot that I finished Miss Marvel. Oh, did you? So what did you think of yeah. that? Yeah. It was okay. It was okay. Like not the best. Um I didn't mind episode 5. I didn't think it was that awful. Ah, uh, that was that was the weakest um, one for me. What what uh, you think of the finale? The finale is <laughs> interesting, I guess. I the acting was pretty wooden, I feel, most of the times. And um I thought especially from certain people that maybe you had to suffer a little bit more. But um it was it was fine. It was good. It was it was good it, it was entertaining. I hope that maybe in the second season if if they're gonna do another season. Well the next time we see it will be in the Marvels, the next sort of okay. Thing. It would have been nice to kind of like make a little bit more less I think they were trying to put so much stuff in in six episodes and I think it was a little bit rushed in a way some in some points. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. I don't... One thing that... The reason why I wanted to speak to you about it is why... Can we, can we spoil it for the last episode? Yeah, it's been out for a few weeks at this point. Okay, so why is Brie Larson appearing? Well, because she's Miss Marvel. Because of be- is she? no no no, but Miss Marvel is connected to Captain. Like in the original comic book, um, when uh, what's her name? When Kamala gets her powers, she gets them from yeah. the Terrigan Mists, which is um an inhuman thing, which they're not really doing in the MCU. So she has a different power set where she can stretch her body a bit like Mister Fantastic in the Fantastic Four. Yeah. And originally, initially, she actually can she can alter her body so much that she can look like different people. So when she first starts out as a superhero, she makes herself look like um Carol Danvers and pretends to be Captain Marvel for a little while. Ah. And then she becomes comfortable with who she is and, and becomes Miss Marvel and, and looks like Kamala Khan does, you know, properly. Yeah. Um and the character, like it's integral to the character that she is a fan girl of Captain Marvel. Yeah. So the next Captain Marvel movie isn't called Captain Marvel 2, it's called The Marvels and is going to be Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel and probably, um, is it Monica Rambeau who gets powers in WandaVision? Okay. The three of them teaming up for some sort of a film event. So that, I think that post credit oh. scene where Brie Larson pops up is a run-in to The Marvels film where they've swapped oh. places for some reason. Okay. Um, 
which is cool. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think Miss Marvel, the show, is a bit slight at times. I don't like the way it wraps up all the villains that you think are the main villains in episode five. Like, that's very quickly kind of all tied up, and then episode six is a totally new thing with damage control. But I think yeah. that yeah. what matters is Iman Vellani is brilliant as Miss Marvel. Like, if, so, if somebody actually might be wooden, I didn't think her acting was wooden. I thought she was really good at no, it. No, uh, like, um, Cameron was really wooden. He's not very good. Hopefully we won't see too much more of him. He definitely And then uh, the, uh, the Bruno was pretty... Who's Bruno? Mm. Uh, her best friend. Yeah. The the whiz kid. I thought he was um, okay, but he didn't nothing. I really like the brother, Amir. Yeah, he's I think he he's was great. Good. He was really fun. Uh and the father, you know, like certain but the, the some of the characters that you're supposed to kind of feel sorry for and just kind of you know, Kamran is one of the main characters that you kind of want them. He's just like I didn't really care. No, that's fair. But I think I think And like and I found Bruno really irritating. I was just like but I think the the uh, for me the thing the characters that matter are like her Kamala Khan because she's gonna be yeah. in more stuff and I thought she was great yeah. and then I thought that I really liked Nakia I thought she was great Nakia was good and then her parents I liked especially her dad that yeah, that conversation the, she yeah. has with her dad where he gives her the Miss Marvel name is really sweet yeah yeah and the fact that yeah there are some sweet moments <clears throat> it's just it was for me it was just like a a, 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 a it was re- it could it was really good and then really bad <laughs> like there was n- it didn't really match a lot of things yeah i didn't think it was that yeah. bad and i i don't know I, for me it needed to introduce the character and allow it to you know get ready to be uh, have a bigger presence in the mcu and it worked on that level and i really liked mm. seeing her um in biggin in the last episode where she gets a big shell around her cuz mm. that's kind of a bit more like what her powers are like in the actual comic books where she makes herself mm. bigger mm um and then obviously there's a little hint at possible x-men stuff to come which is cool <clears throat> yeah cool yeah so it, it not perfect but i i got what i wanted out of it and really enjoyed it ultimately mm. yeah yeah i got some time for some my tube yeah okay I'm going to show you something, first of all, that I think looks better than it should. Um, that This has just come out of Comic-Con in America, this trailer. So have a look at this and see what you think. Okay. So Georgia just sent me Dungeons and Dragons. Honor. Hon- Honor. God, I hate American spelling. Honor among thieves. Yes. Honor. Honor. It's not Honor. No, not Honor. 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 Honor among thieves. It's just something that I really dislike when there's no you. Because for me, it's like honor. Honor. 
Namor. Namor. That's pretty weird. Agreed. Namor. But, uh, that's how <laughs> yeah, they spell I, it. Yeah, I guess. It's just, it just nothing like, for example, theatre doesn't really bother me. Uh, the spelling, the different spelling of theatre. Mm. But this one, for some reason, just because I, for me, that doesn't say honour. It says honour. <laughs> I don't know why. It just messes up, messes up with my head. Never mind. I'm ready to watch it. Okay. <laughs> I can already see Chris Pine. Yes, please. And Michelle Rodriguez behind. Yes, please. Oh, hello. Oh. All right. Should we start? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, go. It's got one of those annoying little trailers before the trailer thing. Okay. We're a team of thieves. And when you do this... Okay, they're a team of thieves. Yep. Chris Pine is the leader. Yep. Sometimes those Along with a guy who was in Bridgerton and everyone loves, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Big dragon. There are dragons, of course. Dungeons and dragons. But it's not shooting fire, it's shooting like a, an oil or something. Wow. It doesn't necessarily look too oh, derivative. Oh, music. Very good music. Oh, yeah. You always need some kind of uh, um, Led Zeppelin. And they filmed this on location in, I think, Northern Ireland, which I think you can tell from the trailer. That's oh, all just on green love. screen, Marvel-style backgrounds. Nice. Figure it out over a drink. Probably best. You need Oh. We're going to need strength. You got this. This is not Led Zeppelin, who is it? No, it's Led Zeppelin. It is, isn't it? Okay. Because I always get the names wrong. So it looks like fun. Yeah. Like it looks like a, let's say, Marvel kind of thing. There's adventure, there are dragons. But in the in a kind of fantasy land. Marvel in a fantasy land, not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that the red haired girl is from the It films. There's evil here. Oh. I'm glad he's on our side. So now Dungeons and Dragons is all crazy. Well, it's been written and directed by oh, there he is. Did you see him? Oh oh I haven't seen him in a while in a film. Yeah. What's his name? Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Love a bit of Wow, Hugh Grant. what is he doing? Probably being a bad guy, I reckon. Lovely. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. I'm a planner. I make plans. You've already made the plan, so... If the existing plan fails, I make a new plan. So you make plans that fail? No. He also plays the loot. Not relevant. I think Chris Pine is the best Chris. I like Chris Pine. I love Chris Pine. What? Best Chris? Yeah. How about Thor? He's good. I prefer Chris Pine. So... Be quiet. What about Chris Evans? Isn't Chris Chris Evans is better than Hemsworth. Ah, Chris Evans is pretty cool. Hemsworth's near at the bottom for me. The only one below Hemsworth is Pratt, because obviously he's Ah, he's the worst Chris. Chris Pratt. Also, he's got a terrible name, Chris Pratt. Um, See, I quite like this kind of like funny fantasy film. Yeah, right? Like they made a Dungeons and Dragons movie years ago that was a huge failure. And I think that Tonally, it like Dungeons and Dragons shouldn't be like mm. Lord of the Rings because it's not got a big novel of serious heroics to base yeah. itself on. It's based on friends getting together and playing a game together, and the, yeah. the tone of the 
film should match that, and I think it does. And yeah. interestingly, it has been written directed by the two people that made a movie called Game Night a few years ago, which is a comedy. Oh, I like. Yeah, that. right. I like that film. Yeah, that's a really good film. But yeah, it's funny, but also yeah. a good action comedy thing. Yeah. Like, I think they're the perfect people to pick to make this film, and I think it mm. looks kind of brilliant. I really hope it's good. Isn't wasn't Chris Pine in Star Trek? Yeah, he played Captain Kirk. Was he? Yeah, Captain Kirk. Is that is that Star Trek finished now? Oh, the whole weird thing where Paramount announced they were making another one with all of that cast coming back, and then all of that cast were like, "Well, you didn't tell us that you were doing this," which complicated contract negotiations because suddenly all the cast were able to negotiate for a salary from a position of strength because they knew because Paramount had already announced to the public that this was happening it was a very weird thing to do Um, but supposedly that movie is coming so there will be more Chris Pine Captain Kirk which I'm glad because I really I don't have a big affinity for Star Trek but I like those movies because I like I like Star Trek those I don't like Star Trek but I like that Star Trek yeah I'll watch I'll watch Chris Pine be Captain Kirk whenever you can get it done because he's He's great. He's great. He's so yeah. good. And like I saw somebody yeah. saying, like based on this trailer, like here's this is the only man that could ever potentially take over Indiana Jones. And no, he shouldn't. But yes, he is the only one that no. potentially could. If you see what I mean. No. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Uh, give him as much work as you can. Um. And yeah, it looks great, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's see that it. looks very Michelle fun. Rodriguez yeah. is, is always good to see her and stuff, and yeah, into it. Right, something that might be slightly less positive now, because I just needed oh. to watch this because it looks mad, and you can tell me what you think of it as we go. I don't... Oh, God. Okay. So, George sent me a video called... A trailer called Rob Zombie, The Monsters... You know the monsters? I don't know. Was it a series, a black and white series? Yeah, a black and white kind of sitcom, Adam's family a bit kind like of like Adam's uh, family about a, a yeah, family yeah. of monsters where the dad was a Frankenstein yeah. and the yeah, yeah. So I don't particularly have a big affinity for the monsters, but apparently Rob Zombie does. So he's made a new movie about who's Rob Zombie. He's a guy. He's he was in a band. Um, he's a metal guy. He made a bunch. Of, he's made like House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects and a bunch of horror films. Nice. See what you think of this. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go. So we've got the old okay. Universal logo. Yeah. <coughs> was it? Is oh, I didn't realize it was a little plane. A little <laughs> plane. Little plane going around the world. A Universal picture. Oh, this is so old school. Right? It's like Rob Zombie, the the greatest, the, the greatest love story ever told. Oh, I, I don't like the sound of that. <laughs> okay, so it's gonna be a comedy. Mm-hmm. Filmed with an iPhone or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the difference between didn't she have like her hair up like Marge Simpson? No, I think that was more. No, no, she didn't. Okay. You're thinking of the Bride of Frankenstein. Okay, sorry. Okay, so it's supposed to be a comedy. Of uh, them two getting together. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like an origin okay. story. Ah, okay. If there's one thing I know, is that the rest of the world knows Come, it away. It looks as soon as you appear. Oh, for Sorry. It looks like one of those old school trailers from the 90s, I guess. Ah, then it goes black and white. Okay. Sorry, I have no words. No, I, have no uh, words. I don't know what to say. It's it just looks. Is this the entire film in the trailer? Maybe. That's a strange way of saying hello. Oh, I guess we're gonna have to get used to it. So, what do you think? Why are we? Why? What? <laughs> oh, I. It looks awful. It's like it's, it's really kind of unoriginal. set the internet on fire a little bit this week because of how. Why? Because people hate it. Ab people think it looks awful. Like <coughs> a. I don't, I don't understand the point in this film. Uh, I don't know. It's really weird. Well, it's meant to be. A, it's meant to be a, a new version of an old sitcom. Y yeah, but okay, but it makes no sense. No, no. He's he's gotten quite annoyed at people because he got this idea that people thought that he was making a forty million dollar film. Uh, and he did a big, big thing saying if you added up the budgets of like his last four movies, it wouldn't even add up to thirty million dollars. So it's a very cheap movie. But I don't think the budget is the problem. I think the the writing and acting and everything else is clearly. I mean, I don't have much affinity for the monsters. I don't, I don't really know what the monsters are. But well, I I I don't even know what it is really about. I think it's probably like a like a bad copy of the Adams family for. Yeah, although they they started about TV. the same time, they're not okay. like it's not a really a rip off of the Adams family. They kind of I think the Adams okay. family was slightly earlier, but only by a small amount. Yeah, uh, but it just it just looked really kind of wooden and terrible, and the costumes are are not very good. Like, why rely on the same kind of bad costumes they used to do? Like, we'll make it better. Yeah. Yeah, you could do it better. You could definitely do it better. But I've, like, yeah. I've watched a few clips of the old show, and it's, it's it, like, that looks better than this looks. Also, like, Frankenstein, he's not green, is he? Yeah, Frankenstein's a green guy. Is he? Well, he's not Frankenstein, the monster. is not usually green. Uh, he often is, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, mm. yeah weird-looking film. Weird-looking yeah. film. Um... Definitely. I wish I hadn't watched that trailer. Oh, I'm very sorry. Do you want me to cheer you up with one last quick trailer? Yeah. Okay. Please. This looks... Let it be good. Well, it's interesting. Ugh. Okay. So, to cheer me up, George has sent me Welcome to Wrexham, official trailer. 
Yeah. Okay. Are you ready to start? Yeah. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Do you? You happy to watch that? Well, do you? So you don't. I'm. I'm guessing that you don't know what this is about at all. No. Okay. This is going to be interesting then. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. FX. Oh, it's about football. Okay. Oh. Oh, so Ryan Reynolds is playing himself. It, yeah, it's a documentary. Ah. Oh. We had no direct connection. It was just a feeling. Oh, they're buying Wrexham Football Club. They bought it. Because Wrexham's red, Deadpool's red. That's the real. Ah. So they just bought a football club, Wrexham. Yeah. Why? Who knows? Wow. And there's just two random guy that bought Wrexham Football Club. Is it in? Is it in which division is it? It's in a, It's not in the Premier League. <laughs> I know that much. So they just, they just bought a failing. Well, it's not necessarily failing to not be in the Premier League. Well, like a, a, a they bought a small. Club. Yeah. It's an underdog story. And it's an underdog story. Okay. Why Wrexham? I guess they could afford it. Oh, I guess so. How strange. <laughs> like, what? With all the things that Ryan Reynolds could do, buy a football club is the last. In North Wales. Yeah. It will be the biggest deal in the history of the town. Wow. I want to watch it. It's interesting, right? It's like a really yeah. weird. Like it got announced last year that they were buying this, that they were buying Wrexham. It's just so yeah. odd. But yeah. looks like it and might be. Yeah. And you quite go, a what sweet. a pillock! Ryan Reynolds is now buying a football club. I couldn't hate him even more. But it looks like kind of the, <laughs> the, the well, it's mainly Rob McElhenney that I'm interested in rather than Ryan yeah. Reynolds because he's in always sunny in Philadelphia. But um. It looks like they've they've approached it in a very sincere way. Yeah, definitely. Because if it's on FX, would it be on? It'll be on Disney, Disney Plus, Plus in the UK point. when they bother to release it. Presumably because it's about something in the UK, they'll bring it out. Or because yeah. it's about something in the UK, they'll wait until they can promote it a bunch and make us wait. Who who can mm. even know? But yeah, be interesting to to see it. Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah, Defo. Mm. Well, that's all the MyTube. Yeah. Would you like to talk? It definitely made me feel better than the trailer before. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, would you like to talk about um, Stranger Things? Yes. Yes. All right. Definitely. So, Stranger Things Volume yes. 4. Yeah. Now, let's just remind ourselves when... So, Stranger Things Volume 3... Yeah. was released in 2019 you. and ju- in July and Stranger Things Volume 4 Part 1 came out in May, the end of May 2022 so that is a three year wait which yes. I endured however yes. you did not I didn't no. No. how, did it, how did it feel being able to just run straight into Volume 4 uh, incredible but bizarre because I <coughs> went for from kind of teenagers yeah. 
to <laughs> near adults. <Yeah. laughs> and that was really weird because I didn't realize how much they had grown. Yeah, Lucas is big. Lucas is big. Um, Will has still got the same haircut, but it's like, it's got, it's a man band. Like his voice is just like, blah. Yep. Uh, Mike is, doesn't even look like the same person. No, he's all 90 degree like angles you, now. Exactly. Yeah. If you told me that the kid from season one was not the same person <laughs> from season four, I would have believed yep. you because they don't look like the same person no. and is weird. Um, and so Dustin looks yeah. broadly the same, doesn't he? Dust, Dustin looks the same, yeah. Um, Millie Bobby Brown, 11, is like a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's... Um, but then, you know, Steve, Nancy, Jonathan all look the same. Yeah. Jonathan looks a little bit rugged. But he's always looked rugged, I think. I think well, is the, it, he's the a Yorkshire, so he's always going to look yeah. fairly rugged. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like an old man, really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was weird because I didn't realise how much they they had grown. And if you if you just if if uh, Stranger Things started on in season four and you told me that they were a bunch of <laughs> For 15 year olds, I think that's when they do high school, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would have believed it. It's like, yeah, of course. But now that I know that, <laughs> now you go, no, they can't be because they used to, they were kids and now they're adults. Yeah, it's bonkers. Yeah. It is bonkers. What was your main, like, what were the questions you wanted answered when you went into the season four? There was one big one that I think we all, we're waiting to discover. What's that? Hopper. What became of Hopper? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he sort yeah, of, of course. What became? Dies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. What? Where is Hopper? Yeah, because unfortunately, when I watched the last episode, I I didn't see the last bit. Oh. So I knew he couldn't have been dead just because of the press but then maybe could have been there i don't know and maybe he was doing flashbacks but i didn't see the last bit uh, of uh, the season three where it says where's the american yeah 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 and so yeah that was uh where is hopper but yeah that was well because you you yeah. sent me a message saying that you were so sad that hopper had died and i was just like I'm yeah just not gonna yeah reply to that cause yeah I anything i say yeah. would be a spoiler so i didn't see that that the last part and so i i thought he was kind of well, maybe they dead. started doing trailers and stuff for this like what well, it felt like a year before it actually came out yeah. because of covid and stuff it all got so delayed that like it came out ages ago that he was going to be in a russian gulag and he like when black widow came out he was doing interviews where he was like talking about how he'd had to say to the duff brothers that make stranger things like i've signed on to do black widow and my character is in a prison in russia in the snow S- sorry cuz he seemed to think it was a real problem for him to do like yeah. two things set in a Russian prison and they had to like work out how to make it feel different. Yeah. Um so we kind of It took me the longest time to remember that he is the same guy from Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. He, he is. <laughs> but he doesn't look like it. No, he looks pretty different to be fair. He's got his he's got his yeah, shaved head yeah. and stuff in this. Yeah. Um so yeah, so like it's a weird thing where everybody knew that he was still alive, but mm. in volume four they do drag it out just a little bit. 
before yeah. you really see kind of what's becoming him. Um, I think that was the main thing. I think as well, I guess, Eleven loses her powers at the end of Volume 3. Yeah. So what, what's going to happen there? That was a big question. Um, yeah. And we get all of that and more answered uh, throughout Volume 4, which is nine episodes long. But mm-hmm. because of the length of those episodes being ridiculous, it's by f- quite some distance the longest season they've done. It's some. I think the total running time must be close to twice as long as the others. Yeah, I I wish I wish this is the only time that I really wish Netflix did weekly episodes. Yeah, I I I'm really starting I to come really... around to thinking that they should just start doing weekly episodes yeah. of stuff. Because I, I would just I wanted to catch up and and I think I think I saw before because I was still finishing season three, and I think the the reason also I did not ask my, about Hopper because I think I saw a scene that I never saw before with him and I I was like ah oh, spoiler yeah um so I kind of wish that yeah it, it would have been it, it stranger things especially because the episodes are so long yeah. you can't just watch two yeah yeah yeah. Um, that they did weekly ones. I mean, they split up a little bit, but probably not enough. Not enough. And they insisted that it was because they were still finishing the special effects for the last episodes, which was crazy considering how long they've had to make it. But yeah. Um. So, it kind of similar, actually, I guess, in structure to other seasons, they they team up different sets of characters, and like it really is like. One, two, three, about four or five stories all running parallel yeah. to each other of different characters teamed up in different kind of configurations as we go through. Yeah. With the main thrust of the plot happening in Hawkins mm-hmm. and centred around uh, these sort of murders that shake the town to its very core. Uh, it plays yeah. a lot on the satanic panic that was big in America in the 80s, um, yeah. centred around one character in particular who is awful. Um, the captain of the basketball team uh, is like the human Ugh. villain in this in this season. But he plays it so well because yeah. he's so evil. Yeah, you hate him. Like I hate like, him. In the last episode, you see his body get torn in half, and you're like, "Good, I'm glad." Wow. Yeah. Go Finally. away. Good riddance. No more of yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, he's just in sight. He's he's just like what embodies awfulness. Yeah. What's he called? Ameri- What's I think name? American hysteria. You know, there's that American hysteria that of like, of like, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm the good guy, but I'm gonna destroy you. <laughs> it's like, you're not the good guy. No, he's not the good guy. He's awful. Hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, he sucks. I can't remember his name. Is he called Jason? Is that him? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. I hate him. Uh, <laughs> yeah he is he's called jason he's he's bad but we do get some good new characters I, I i think maybe the biggest new character we get in this season well in terms of good guys we get eddie eddie yeah. munson played by joseph quinn um yeah who who is has become a fan favorite and everybody loves him yeah i bet they're regretting the way they finished his story um do you think they might bring him back I, the way that the internet has fallen in love with Eddie Munson, I could see them trying to do something to bring him back because it does feel like people really have have 
in a way that like when he first pops up in the very first episode I was like yeah. this guy oh my god this guy is awful yeah same and he seems to be that yeah. that kind of that person you meet sometimes who's trying to control the friendship group and he doesn't yeah. want Lucas to be involved with the basketball team and yeah. he's very sort of controlling and childish yeah but then over the course of the the nine episodes you you really sort of fall for him and then by the time the in the finale he's playing master of puppets on top oh. of a <laughs> on top of a caravan oh, in the upside he down. definitely Steve Harrington does. Yeah, he does do a Steve Harrington journey within the one season that he's in, which is um impressive mm. work. Um I guess the other yeah. big new- Especially oh, there's a scene where he's just playing, he's just doing something with Dustin and they're just hugging and then he goes to Dustin, looks at him, he's like, Never change and I was like, I love you, yeah. Eddie. Is there a, is there an <laughs> almost romantic so undertone to him and Dustin, do you think? Or is it is it I think it's really brotherly. Very brotherly, yeah. Like, I, I, I also, like, kind of, uh, I watched an interview and Joe Quinn, Joseph Quinn, was kind of saying how he felt lucky that him, uh, Gator Matarazzo, Dusta, who, who plays uh, Dustin, who plays Dustin yeah. and uh, Joe Keery, who plays Steve, he felt really lucky that he could have, like, a connection with these three people and he just feels like he's, like, an older brother to uh, Dustin and there's a real connection. And that's what it was created, a real connection. Yeah. Like, oh, this the last scene with Dustin and... And Eddie. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> no. And then the scene at the very end where Dustin's talking to Eddie's... Um, is it his uncle? Oh, oh, that was, his uncle, that was yeah. upsetting. Um, very upsetting. Devastating. There's a lot of upsetting moments in this. Mm. The other yeah. big new character, spoiler, as it's one character and not two characters, as you're led to believe throughout most of it, is <gasps> number one or Vecna. Number one. Um, yes. They, for the first time, they give the upside down a intelligent sort of mm-hmm. presence uh, in, in, in Vecna, who is this monstrous person who lives inside the upside down and is the person committing these killings um Mm -hmm. in hawkins and we discover throughout the season that it is actually number one the original experimented on child from hawkins lab what did you think of that revelation it was so unbelievable when it got revealed what do you mean I did not expect it at all. Oh, unbelievable in terms of you weren't expecting it, not in terms of it. Yeah, like the guy, the nurse guy, who seems like really genuinely lovely, then turns out to be like this awful, awful human and monster after. Oh, it's just, just... um, incredible i thought that was a really good clever twist there is a very cheesy like, moment where they don't trust the audience enough because they have they show that he's got the number one tattoo on his arm and then it goes into the upside yeah. down and shows that vecna's got the number one tattoo and it's like yeah, we get yeah. it we know that that like we got what <laughs> you were doing there like you don't need to sh- <laughs> like show us a stupid little tattoo on a tentacle to, to like, yeah to put the point yeah. across like we we get it you showed him turning into vecna like we we know but yeah he is horrifying and like yeah i think the scariest stuff they've ever done in this show is in those particularly the end of the first episode where um is it is she called what's she called i don't remember her name the girl that dies in the first episode chrissy i think is it chrissy um yeah chrissy Chrissy. um awful 
the the way the way that Vecna murders people in this show with the snapping limbs it's and the horrible. eyes exploding oh. and just basically everything awful that you could imagine. Um, yeah. It's it's almost something out of yeah. Hellraiser or Nightmare on Elm Street, which is like yeah. Specifically uh, quoted as um, Robert England, who plays Freddy Krueger, appears as Victor Creel in that one episode, where um, Nancy and Robin go to because they're on the track to try and discover who Vecna is, what's happening, what these killings are. Mm. They think it might have something to do with this guy, Victor Creel, whose family died in similar mm. circumstances in the 50s. And um, in a very Silence of the Lambs-inspired sequence, they managed to get into this psychiatric unit and interview uh, Victor Creel. And yeah, played by Robert England uh, with horrible eye makeup on to make it look like oh, he's not got any Pussy. Oh, I was like, why? It's already enough that his eyes are like shut closed but then you're gonna put some pus on it no. well very much yeah so like it's like the big inspirations in this season i think were like nightmare on elm street and the hellraiser movies for the look and vibe yeah. of, of vecna and and his what he's doing um yeah so like pretty huge new characters like the first time they've ever given a like an actual intelligent voice to the villain in stranger things which i thought ended up being a really good move because he's he's really mm-hmm. menacing and awful and then yeah bringing in eddie was a pretty inspired choice as well because he's a pretty he turns out to be someone you can really kind of get behind throughout the season i thought we could go through the different stories and then there's one more there's a new there's another character a new character as well in Oh, I, Which I Argyle. Yeah. I don't like Argyle, Alex. No, but he's a new no, character. I know, I know. We can talk about a lot him, of time I, with I don't them. like him. I don't like that actor. I haven't liked that actor since you made me watch that movie where he cuts off his own penis. <laughs> I don't mind the actor. I think he's typecast a oh, lot, yeah. and I think that's the, the worst thing. And I, I want... I, I, I have a really... What's his name? Argyle is the character. I don't remember yeah. the actor. Um, Eduardo Franco. Yeah. So I have a real soft spot for him because in the package in um, Booksmart and uh, they play... <clears throat> He played pretty much the same character, and then here he play, pretty much plays the same character again. I was like, I have a really soft spot for him because I want him to like be someone else, you know. That's why you're an actor. Yeah, I don't really and like that archetype like the... of like, all right, my dudes, how we like. I, it's not my vibe. Yeah, exactly. But it's he didn't write the the script, so no, he just all. got typecast to do it. So I felt I feel like oh, because he's a young actor, and it just be nice if he. You know, but maybe that's what he likes doing. I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe that's just what he's looking he's for. He's good at doing it, some... but I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, but he's a new character, so we have to. We're gonna talk. No, about no, that's fair. My, I think my least people. favorite Argyle moment, if we're gonna talk about the worst bits that Argyle does, is the very the too much on the nose joke about Hawaiian pizza, where he puts ham on a ham and pineapple on a pizza. And mm. um, Eleven and Mike have an argument about whether you like. A, I hate that. I really like that scene, actually. I just, I hate the whole, it's become a real thing on the internet of arguing about whether pineapple belongs on pizza or not. Yeah, and I don't but like I think policing it's... people's food choices at all. And I just hate that whole yeah. thing. If you see what I mean. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think, I don't know. I guess 
I guess pineapple on pizza started at some point and to I when I saw that scene it kind of felt like oh, okay so this argument has been going on for so long that it's so silly that it's kind of just become part of our being a pineapple on pizza and I thought that was a really sweet moment in a way I don't know I I like that scene just because it's such a it it brings it brings like how long have we been talking about pineapple on pizza yeah, and we're we still talking about it stop. yeah talking about pineapple on pizza like i even i bought a pizza express hawaiian pizza this week before i got covid i was stocking up on some food and you know do you know pizza express big pizza brand in the uk and they do pre-made like it's a restaurant but you can get pre-made pizzas in um Mm. they have one called sloppy giuseppe have you ever had a sloppy giuseppe ah yeah yeah why is it called that is there a reason for that do you know i don't know i have no idea because because you you, uh, i guess I guess because you don't know, you don't say Giuseppe and, you know, something that smells, it smells, that rhymes with sloppy. What is Giuseppe? Is what is Giuseppe? Giuseppe? Is it a- Giuseppe is the name of, is the name. Okay, I thought so. But in England, you don't say Giuseppe, you say Giuseppe. Right, yeah. And so sloppy, Giuseppe. I get it, I guess I get it. <laughs> I guess it's that. But they want to, like, Pizza Express want to appear authentically Italian a lot of the time, in a way yeah. that I'm sure they aren't, but, like, they'll, they'll have... No, because the sloppy Giuseppe is, yeah. like, the worst yeah. kind of pizza. But, yeah, it's yeah. nonsense. It's an American style pizza, really, isn't it? Because yeah. It's ground beef and stuff. Um, but like yeah. they're, 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 they have like a ham and mushroom pizza that's called, I can't remember. They they have they have Italian names anyway on their pizzas and stuff. Yeah. They have a Hawaiian pizza that you can get now. Um, and I got it because yeah. I like pineapple on pizza and I don't like it when people tell me that I shouldn't like it. <clears throat> and um, even on their stupid italian uh, stupid hawaiian pizza box they've written a big thing that's on the top of it says shh don't tell the italians <sighs> it's funny come no, on stop being like so it. cliche stop it's being too boring so... you need to stop. But, just accept no, it's, it's not a thing. boring I, what annoys me something... about it is because i feel like when i was growing up it was fine it was just a thing Hawaiian pizza was a thing. It was ham and pineapple. And then suddenly, at some point, someone decided to start arguing about it. It, It's not as if, like, to me, it's not an argument that's always been there. It was an accepted pizza. And then out of nowhere, people just suddenly started going, oh, why? What what happened? Like, what happened to it being normal? It it used to be normal. Yeah. Well, not in Italy. No, I know not in Italy, but in the UK and presumably in America. I guess I guess like uh, Italianized, Europeanized, it English people get get offense with pineapple on pizza. It is not a real pizza. No, that's fine. It doesn't need to be a real pizza. I don't need. I don't need a real pizza. In if I want a real pizza, I'll come and see you in Italy, which I'm going to do. And like, I'm not going to go into a pizzeria with you in Bologna and say, "Chuck a bit no. of pineapple on it." Please. If if you say that, I will leave, <laughs> or they, you will be escorted. But could I? Would I be allowed to ask for? Um, tuna on my pizza in italy yeah yeah there is a there is a uh, a pizza with the uh, tuna and onion onion and tuna pizza oh, yeah. what about tuna and sweet corn Ugh, well, no. No. so why don't we no. argue about that why, why why aren't there all these memes about like tuna and sweet corn on a pizza that's because that's a normal pizza in the uk yeah <clears throat> like yeah or t- no. <laughs> I can't think about anything worse to put on my pizza. But I'm very, you know, I like my pizza simple. I like my 
nothing on my pizza. Sometimes I like that. Sometimes I like more things. Sometimes I go to Domino's and order a cheeseburger pizza, which is the maddest pizza that exists in the world. Oh my god. It's got like ground beef and pickles and mustard. <laughs> it's weird. I guess I guess like when I go to Domino's I I do like to be more adventurous. I'm just like give me the weirdest I, thing you can It doesn't think feel of. like a pizza. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a pizza Domino's. It feels like an American pizza. Yeah. So you kind of you can just put whatever you want. Exactly. Give me the give me the uh, maddest shit that you possibly can yeah. on a on a on a yeah. on a dough thing. And if we don't call it pizza, that's fine. We don't need to call it pizza if we don't want to offend people. Yeah. Anyway, Argyle <laughs> is a means to an end. He he provides a van, and that's that. That's the extent. He doesn't get much to do. I feel I do feel a bit sorry for him because he doesn't have a character. He yeah. just literally he's there to drive the the plot. Like if he died. <clears throat> probably wouldn't have had the same effect as Eddie. No, you'd be like, oh, no one's ever going to know who invented the Hawaiian pizza now. That would be the extent of that. Yeah. Yeah, which is a shame because every character in Stranger Things we should care about in some way or another. We should really hate them, really, well, really love them or really hate them or be amazed by them. But he was just a bit... Yeah. And I was quite happy to see him. I, I like him. Yeah, sure. I don't. Mm. Uh, when he popped up in the first episode, I was like, oh, this guy, really? Are we doing this? Are we kiss this guy? Why? <laughs> Are we going through this? Are you going to cut your penis off here? <laughs> <laughs> that was a Netflix movie. Does he just Is he just one of these actors at Netflix having their barn and they're like, come out, out you come, come on, we've got a bit of, come on, come on. Oh. I feel so no. I feel sorry for him. Let's be nice. I hope. I hope he can do better. I, I'm. I mean, he just starred in the biggest TV show in the world. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's doing. Fine. Yeah. I, if he's not doing fine, yeah. I hope he is doing fine because I can dislike a, a performance without wishing harm on the person that did it. Yeah. I'm. I'm not a. Yeah. You know, a Reddit user. Anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. So. I f- so so where are well, we? Let's have a little discussion. So I, I I sort of the season splits itself rather than talking about episode by episode. It makes more sense to go through like plot lines yeah. because th- it's split along those lines. So where do you want to start? We can talk about um, Joyce Hopper and Murray. We can talk about Mike, yeah. Will, and Jonathan. We can talk about Eleven and her very sort of isolated plot and Vecna within that. We can talk about the goings on in Hawkins. Where do you want to begin? Well, we can go. Like okay. That. Joyce yeah. and Hopper. So the season opens with Joyce depressed, sad, living in California, yeah. seemingly having to support an extra child, which is very kind of her, really. It is very kind because, um, you know, she's not very well off. No, she's Joyce. she's got a horrible, she's got the kind of job where if I had that job, I would, well, I won't say on her because it's a horrible thing to say, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that job. I would do, I would take. Have you never worked in telesales? No. Oh, oh, I, I did. couldn't bet. I wouldn't, it was awful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to live. I lasted three months. I'm surprised you made it. I was that. like, no. Because it's one of those jobs that you get in uni and, you know, it's like good money, but is You're bothering people. You're, you're forcing yourself yeah. into somebody's home and bothering them. It's like, it's yeah. a horrible thing. But there's, do. if you need a job, no, though, I get it. telesales like, no, always has. No judgment on the people that do it, but judgment on. <laughs> 
the companies no, that... but I admire people that can do it for long because I, I was just like, oh, do you don't want to, okay. Yeah, oh, <laughs> awful, awful. Yeah. Because ultimately, if you get a sale, you've probably, like, looked into ringing an old person who doesn't have the critical faculties to realise that you're a te- telemarketer. Anyway, she's doing that, which is not great mm. for her. Um, she gets a package in the mail. Mm-hmm. It's a doll. Yeah. With a Russian postage stamp on it. So who yeah. does she call? She calls Murray. Yes. I'm so glad that we get I so love... much more Murray in this yeah. season. I love oh. Murray, and Brett Gelman, who plays Murray, is a gem. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like him when I saw him in season three. Season two even, so much. he popped up. Season two, yeah. No, season three is more there. In season two, it's like, uh But uh, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine life without no, him now. delightful. And do you remember he was in um, Love? You, you watched some Love, didn't you? The, yeah. He played um, yeah. Gillian Jacobs' co-worker or boss or something in that. Um, mm-hmm. I like Brett Gellman. He was also in Fleabag. Yes, he was in Fleabag. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very hated, hateable character. Sure. Hated him on Fleabag. Um, it, but Brett Gellman is great, and as Murray, like iconic, I think role. Um, mm. <clears throat> so Murray helps Joyce to work out whether or not it's a bomb. It's not a bomb. Good. <laughs> um, but it does have a message inside. <laughs> Good. Uh, the message being Hopper's alive. Yeah. Hopper Hopper's alive. And so. We enter the most improbable, (laughs) in and amongst actual supernatural goings on, the ability for a woman in her 40s in 80s America to find a way to fly to Russia (laughs) um, seems like the most improbable idea in the story. Well, she she does get help from the guard. The guard tells her where to go. She does, yes. And she also manages yeah, to, so. for someone who seems like they're working quite desperately to keep ends together, she does very easily acquire, what is it, $40,000 or something, some insane amount of money? Yeah, but this was Hopper's money. Oh, was it? I, well, maybe I missed that. I thought it was her money. Yeah, yeah, it was Hopper's money. Because ah. Hopper to- tells the guard that he has this $40,000 in his bank account, I think. Oh, fair enough. I must something... have not been paying attention yeah. to that, though. <clears throat> no, yeah, it's Hopper's money. So, there's a guard. The guard's very good, actually. Who plays the guard? Yeah, I like the I guard, yeah. I like the guard yes. as well. The guard is good. The guard is... Da, 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 da. This guy, Tom Walashiha, is a German actor. Mm-hmm. And he played oh. Jakin Hagar in the um, second, fifth, and sixth seasons of Game of Thrones. He's very, very good in Game of Thrones. Um, I knew I liked him from something. So, yeah, he's great. He's really fun in um, in this season. Mm. So, basically, he is um, a corrupt guard at the prison, or the gulag, in which Hopper is being kept. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has agreed to help Hopper get home in exchange for $40,000, which... Hopper enlists Joyce and Joyce enlists Murray to help and they end up um being horribly betrayed by Yori. Yeah. Yeah. Who is awful. Yeah, and very annoying. <coughs> deeply, deeply annoying. 
Yeah. What did you think of this plotline overall? Joyce making her way to Russia. Uh, uh, it was interesting. Uh, a bit, um, kind of unbelievable, but also believable. If let's say there is that kind of exchange between um, Yuri, who takes uh, illegal stuff to Russia. Yeah. And, you know, they want to make easy money. So I I guess it is kind of believable, but also a little bit crazy because also when they, when they crash the plane, like, (laughs) I was like, how are they alive? But uh, it's it's fun, isn't it? They they crashed that plane very close to that Russian gulag because we're talking about a large country, the largest in fact. But but he was going in that direction because he was taking them anyway to that direction. So yes, yeah. So he like let's say that he was nearly they were nearly there. Sure. And so, uh, but I I in a way I I like the fact that it was a little bit exaggerated and yeah I- I- exciting because it was exciting. Yeah, I think um, it helps that because we don't have to be too serious with this because it's it's not it's not reality. It's true. like science fiction. Yeah. So. It helps that the main The thing is that oh, every time I think about like stranger things yeah. and think when I watch stuff that is set in the eighties, is the or before, it's the fact that there was no phones. Nope. So you had to just rely on hopefully the person being there. Yeah, if they weren't there, you're like I, <laughs> or, I, I I guess they're dead. Yeah. I guess they died. I'll go yeah. I'll have to go home. Come back again another yeah. time. So crazy stuff. But um, yeah, I I liked it. Also, I liked the pairing, uh, Murray Joyce. I think they well, worked. Well, yeah, I mean Brett really Gelman well is together. great, and then you've got Renona Ryder, who's literally one of the most wonderful people alive in yeah. the world. Um, mm-hmm. and together, yeah, they. I think if you didn't have so much built up love and appreciation for those two actors, particularly Renona Ryder, it wouldn't work as well as it does. Yeah. But I I will watch no. Renona Ryder do just about anything. Yeah. Cause she's great, and apparently she was that she was like the onset eighties, um, like, um, like if they ever if they ever had a question about whether something was accurate to the eighties or when it came out in the eighties and if it would exist, mm. like Winona Ryder had the answer supposedly. Like she's a she's an encyclopedia yeah. of eighties knowledge, which is great because she's also yeah. integral to the to the decade in pop culture as well. She, yeah, she's like the the face of yeah, the eighties. Yeah. you know, Beetlejuice and Heather's and yeah, she's she's wonderful. I love I love Winona Ryder. Um, then they get there and we've got Hopper. We've got Hopper. Yeah. Um, I thought the first couple of episodes where he's just sort of being tortured by Russians. I oh, I hate it. I was like, don't touch Hopper. Well, yeah, a don't don't do that. And like, and it was too much. And it's such a thing now in. It's become too much of a thing in um genre stuff for somebody to like break their thumb or break their leg or like he breaks his foot to get out of those but then he's running around fighting people <laughs> like no, he needs a he needs a crutch and a wheelchair for the rest of that season after he yeah. does that to his leg to get out those yeah. um yeah. shackles. Um But once he sort of makes his big escape attempt, it doesn't pan out and he gets captured and I think the scenes where he's with those people preparing for fighting the Demogorgon and then they fight the Demogorgon and you see, like... It's not since season one that you've really seen and been reminded how terrifying that creature is. And, yeah. like, when you saw it in Hawkins, it was always in the dark and, like, seeing it in a snowy environment 
um really wreck shop and just kill people is um reminds yeah. you what a great monster it is i think i think that those scenes are yeah. great in this season and like for all of the slogging through the various things you have to do to get to that moment where he's down there about to face off against the demo gorgon and joyce is up on the balcony watching yeah. and you can sense how kind of she's so close but so far away it, it really works i think i, I love that yeah th- those moments um and then it all does get quite silly when um like did you think that she was going to rescue him and they were going to go back to hawkins and help or did you re- did you kind of foresee the way it ends up being that they help from russia by fighting it there i thought they were going to go back to hawkins yeah. i never thought that they would go back but i thought i thought that was a good a good twist that they go okay well we have something here yeah and they talked about the hive mind and i thought it was really interesting that they were all although they were all in separate places they were all connected yeah so i i quite i quite like that because i think it would have been pretty crazy that they had to fl- fly back and then help yeah they would have been pretty tired <laughs> yeah they would have been tired they would have been a, a sleepy hopper <laughs> they would have been very tired yeah. um but it is repeating and i think the... also they needed time to get back because they didn't yeah. have a, a plane they didn't have a transport and it yeah. does feel a bit like it's repeating the season two thing of like you just want hopper and 11 to reunite like you want to see that reunion like in season two you wanted 11 and mike to, oh. to, to reunite and it makes you wait until the very mm. end of the season i didn't feel that way oh, really actually. i was desperate because for... 11 wasn't Oh, no, because Eleven wasn't by herself. Well she, she, well, she was kind of by herself, but not as alone as in season two. Yeah. And uh, what he was doing was necessary to help Eleven yeah. from a distance. So it wasn't like he abandoned Eleven in, in the little house, he thought. He was... <laughs> away so oh, i didn't, no, I didn't really feel that way it's just you can really i tell. kind of felt like at the end when they all reunited i was so happy yeah <laughs> i, I was like yes. early on in the season you can really tell how traumatic it is for 11 to have lost her father and you really yeah. want to see yeah. them reunited or at least i did mm. and i didn't yeah i didn't i just didn't think they were going to make you wait until the end of the season but they do and um it, it, it does pay off well like obviously that scene where yeah when she's like i left the door open you're like oh um right anything else to say about the russia adventures uh well hopper and joyce finally kiss yes lovely yeah and that was a lovely moment it is a lovely moment i like that i really hope that that... i that's what i was waiting for for a long time yeah i really uh, hopper in season three he was crazy yeah crazy like he just went mental because he really wanted joyce to like <laughs> and he bought like a Hawaiian shirt. He was going to like a fancy I mean, restaurant. There's, no, there's nothing crazy about the Hawaiian shirt. That is a very good <laughs> choice. But yeah, they finally kiss, which was really lovely. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. It was it was a fun it was a fun entertaining bit that the Russian bit. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I like seeing him. You know, when he's when he's flaming the demo gorgon and stuff at the end like the action's all fun yeah yeah shall we talk yeah i think i think i think i i could have done with a little bit less torture fair enough Um, i know you don't like that kind of thing so that's fair no so but But that's what that's what they uh, do the russians they're awful alex 
No one else would. Americans wouldn't do anything like that. Oh no, Americans would have given you a no, lovely. They cup would of never tea. torture people like that. I know. Oh no. And I've with the British. No, actually, never. the British are very honourable. Oh no, the British are they the best. The, the British just go. Oh, would you like a scone? Yeah, they don't. They would never ever do anything of that nature. <laughs> Uh, by the way, we're being very sarcastic, I think. That's <laughs> <laughs> not, because you never know. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, anywho. anywho. Let's talk about the worst storyline of the season, the weakest part, in my opinion. You can tell me what you think. Um, mm. The Mike, Will, Jonathan and Argyle road trip. Um, yeah. Every time we come it back wasn't... to those... Four goons in that van. I was like, come on. Well, it started really well, that storyline. It ended really well. Let's talk. So we, so we talk just... first episode stuff with Eleven still there and Mike coming to visit and like how that all plays Yeah, out. So, so it starts well, I think. Yeah. yeah, they're at school. Like Will and Eleven yeah. are bonding, living together as sister and brother effectively. Yeah. There's a very upsetting yeah. bully. Um, there's a very horrible scene where they've they've had to like make a little presentation about their hero, and Eleven has chosen to do yeah. Hopper because obviously he's the greatest hero the world's ever seen. Like, if a yeah. real man lived that had done the things Hopper's done, then he'd be an actual real life superhero. Um, yeah. And there's this horrible girl that does the the classic like I just wanted to check like this doesn't seem like it was what we were meant to be doing. Like I thought it was meant to be a famous <sighs> person. Mm. What a cowboy! Yeah, this is awful. Uh, and then um, obviously Eleven is kind of like just not handling school at all. Well, she's not handling life well. She's getting bullied. Uh, but she doesn't want uh Mike to think that there's anything wrong. So she's lied to him in all her letters and told him that it's wonderful and she's got loads yeah. of friends. Because I guess she's never really faced these kinds of challenges before and doesn't want Mike to. Yeah. You know worry about her thinks that she's yeah or thinks that she's a loser yeah 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 which i mean it's pretty clear that mike never mike's like a it's, little puppy dog like he's never gonna think his owner is bad he's always gonna be yapping around her heels what's wrong <laughs> yeah yeah I guess. he is he's, I don't what, know. He's, he's like a little yeah. he's like a little puppy with yeah 11. yeah um yeah. so he comes to visit uh, there's a whole thing where why why isn't Nancy coming to visit Jonathan? Oh, could there be trouble in paradise, perhaps? Mm. Um, and they go to a roller rink, and there's a horrible, like the most unpleasant bullying I've seen in a while, where they all surround Eleven, yeah. and that girl throws a milkshake at her, yeah. and thank the Lord, Eleven smacks her in the face of. <laughs> with a yeah, with, with a, a roller skate. With a with a roller skate. Um, great. Well done, Eleven. Oh, there's there's that very embarrassing moment where she's being bullied in the school and she tries to do her psychic powers and it doesn't work. Yeah. She, the girl's just like, what are you doing? Thank God, because she would, she would have blown that a girl's she head off. She would have done. But she yeah. can't do her powers. So, she... How do they get split? Because, like, Joyce... So, Joyce goes off to... So, basically, uh, they that happens. Joyce goes, I'm going to Alaska, and she abandons the children. Yeah. But, I mean, Jonathan and is an then, adult, to be fair. A, I st- guess, a stoner, yeah. but an and, adult. Yeah, and Eleven uh, gets arrested. Yes, for the rollerblade she, in the face. She opened, like, she she's, like, smacks a girl. Yeah, 
with her rollerblades. So she gets arrested, which I thought it was a bit much, but I'm not sure. Because she's a, she's a minor, so I'm not sure how why she got arrested, but she got arrested. And then she gets um, kidnapped, but not kidnapped. She gets gotten from the doctor, the nice doctor, Paul which I can't remember Reiser the name. Paul is the actor. It's yeah. Lovely doctor. Yes. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But then, meanwhile, back in the lovely palatial home in California, uh, Jonathan, Will and Mike suddenly have to endure uh, protection from a couple of government agents that have been sent by the lovely doctor as well. Yeah, because the doctor convinces Eleven to try and get her powers yes. back. And uh, they have to be protected by who? The military or No, something. the military want to kill Eleven because they think that it's her fault yeah. that these things happen yeah. in Hawkins. It's yeah. more the Hawkins lab, whatever kind of weird X-Files-esque arm of the US government is, is involved mm. with Paul Reiser character. He has sent two sort of men in black almost to protect Mike and, and Jonathan. And then in what is one of the highlights of the season, you know, this storyline didn't do a lot for me, but this one particular scene did when the house gets attacked yeah. by the military. And there's this one yeah. shot, quite long sequence of them running through the house yeah. being attacked and these two agents trying to save them. And eventually oh, so good. escaping in Argyle's pizza van. Yeah. That was such a good scene. And it was only one, it was all one yeah, shot. So they had to do it like loads of times. It's time. great. It's like, it's really visceral. Yeah. And like, it's one of the best action scenes they've done in that show, particularly if yeah. it doesn't involve Eleven. Um, yeah. It's really, really good. That was so good. And those two, those two agents that you don't really see again, it's, it, they do really well. Um, you know, yeah. you really kind of care about them in that moment. Um, but then we just get like three or four episodes in a row of the four of them in this van just sort of flailing around trying to work out where Eleven is and it is boring. Yeah, so they go to Dustin's house. Dustin's girlfriend's Dustin's house. Girlfriend's that house, scene, which, get it out of my strange of things. Yeah, I it was it was quite funny but also not great. Um, but I guess it was just kind of like them fi- trying to find out so kind of like still an adventure. But I just don't and... know what they want that character to be. Like they make her sing the ever- never ending story song in volume 3 with Dustin mm. and that's weird and then they bring her back in this season for that one scene in the house and it's like something out of hook but not in a good way. Yeah. Weird stuff. I don't quite know what they're mm. trying to do with that character. And will we see her again yeah. in season five? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But then they get they get the coordinates from her for where Eleven potentially is. And then it is just literally like watching them drive around while Mike mm. and Will have weird conversations about how much Eleven loves Mike and, and Will bites his fist because Will loves Mike as well. But can't. But does Will love Mike yes. in that yes. sense? Is it 100% true? Like to the like, point that Noah Schnapp has come out and said that's what it is. It's clear. Noah Schnapper said Mike is, uh, Will is gay and he's in love with Mike. Ah, uh, that disappoints me a little bit. Why? Because, like, not not because of um, Will being gay, just because I di- I can't see why Will be would be in love with Mike. Mm. Like I can see like them. I thought that he was sad because he couldn't he doesn't really know how to feel and he can't tell his friend. Yeah. And I think I felt like that was, if that, if that was the case, I would, I would prefer it rather than him being in love with Mike. Cause there's no, there's actually no reason why he should be in love with Mike. Well, 
but Wolf I don't doesn't know. necessarily have reasons, does it? I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that's a. Yeah, yeah, but I just I don't I don't know. I feel like. I don't know. I wondered for a while whether they were seems... going to have Will be sort of asexual and not really. Which yeah. I would have. You know, that's a sort of representation that doesn't really happen ever. In yeah, stuff. which is would be nice. It would be good as yeah. well. But no, no. Apparently not. Apparently, Mike very much is in love with, or will. Oh, okay. According to Noah Schnapp, okay. anyway, and I guess you know, that's how he played it. Okay, I was so. Oh, okay. I I saw it as him being sad, because maybe he can't. Be I think there's. I think as that doesn't preclude one doesn't preclude the other there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But then this sequence ends with like when they're in the pizza shop and I thought that was really lovely when they're in the pizza shop and and uh, Mike tells all these amazing things to Eleven which are really <coughs> lovely and heartfelt and I thought that ended really beautifully. I really liked that scene. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Eleven then. How yeah. You, so Eleven gets taken off by Poor Eyeser to another secret yeah. lab to try and get her powers back because he knows that bad yeah. things are happening in Hawkins and only she can yeah. help. And who turns up? Surprise, Sur- surprise, he's not he's dead. He's not dead. Martin Brenner, Papa. Papa is alive. He's alive and just as entitled and awful as he ever was. I prefer him this time. Oh, I, can't, I mean, he, he injects her with that big needle and thing like he's awful yeah but she gets her powers back and they're kind of like you know no i mean i i I think i mean like personally i think you're meant to dislike him the way that like she doesn't she very pointedly doesn't forgive him at the end of that storyline she walks away from Mm. him because there's no forgiveness for what he's done um Mm. to to number one as well as to 11 and to all of them yeah um but he, you know, he comes back and he, in his very kind of like extreme methods way, um, attempts to get Eleven to get her powers back by making her endure these sessions in a sensory deprivation tank while she relives yeah. the memories of um, what happened in the original Hawkins lab to lead up to uh, her, to lead up to the escape that you see at the start of um, the first season. And what mm-hmm. did you think of these? sort of flashback sequences in Hawkins' lab. I thought they were fun. Yeah, I thought they were fun. I, I liked I, them. I, I liked I liked the fact that it wasn't just 11 and it was kind of like a program for many kids. Yeah, yeah. And and we realised why there is only 11 by season one. There's only 11. And eight. In the... And... <laughs> they have that one line and they're like, hey, do you remember when eight was here? yeah. So she's gone now. Uh yeah, so I I like them and uh I like the fact that they introduced a character that wasn't there before that then it becomes a huge character. Yes, Jamie Campbell Bowers number 1. Yeah. Who, who you think is just I, a janitor. I, I, I can't stop watching interviews with Joseph Quinn and um Jamie Campbell Bar- but how is Jamie called, Campbell his name? Bauer? Jamie Jamie Campbell Bauer. It does so much fun. They're amazing together. And um Yeah. He plays Vecna, I, doesn't I, he? Does he is he actually in the costume as Vecna? It's yeah, such a different He's actually in the costume. Yeah. But he's great, he's yeah. brilliant. And 
Yeah, because it's actual like all prosthetics, and there's this meme what? on the internet with him like in prosthetics, yeah. just drinking this iced coffee. <laughs> That's quite good. I see. Well, because like he's yeah. quite a slender guy, so you can yeah. tell it's all prosthetics in a way. Because Vecna looks massive, so it must just be yeah. pounds and pounds and pounds of prosthetic over his body yeah. that they've done. It together. took apparently took ages to yeah, put on. Yeah, must have done. But it's it's good. Yeah. Like he looks, it's a great, yeah. amazing, yeah, great character. Um, yeah, and he's good in these scenes as you know his original sort of um thing, and when he slowly reveals that he is sort of the the force of evil in that in this place, um, mm. to the to eleven. I think the only thing that doesn't quite work is the de aged Millie Bobby Brown looks like. Oh, I hated a sort that. Of a doll. I hated that. Yeah, yeah, I really didn't like that. I, I know they were trying really hard to do it properly, and it just isn't. It there. kind of it just didn't work. No. I, it just didn't work. Mm. And I guess I don't know what the, I don't know what the solution would be otherwise, because you know what she. Well, they like. found one solution that she looks big, because she's big now, and so until she looks at herself in the mirror, she's you know Millie Bobby Brown, and then when she looks herself when she looks in the mirror, she's this weird child. Person. Yeah, but I guess there's a distinction between those scenes where it's specifically her having the flashback and you're kind of seeing it mm. from her perspective, but then there's sequences like when her and number one are in the kind of ventilation room or the laundry room kind of discussing mm. their escape plan. It's framed less as a flashback experience from her point of view and more as just a scene that you're watching play out. Mm. Yeah. And then that one, I guess it makes more sense for it to look like a young 11 to remind you that it yeah. is young 11, but I think they needed to have a young eleven, but whether they yeah. cast somebody else, but then like you know what she looked like when she was that age because that's her in the first season. Yeah. And then with a Netflix budget, ultimately, and it was also like they were supposedly finishing the effects right up until the end, so like they probably didn't have any time to work on a more convincing because like mm. in the Marvel films they've done fairly convincing de aging of actors that hasn't been quite like Samuel Jackson and Captain Marvel for example, is is less yeah. distracting. But this just didn't quite work. This was really distracting. Yeah. It was just like, oh, it just looks like a little computer yeah. thing. But they did the best they could, I guess. And, yeah. you know, thank God it's a good series. series <laughs> and that's just like, you know, something that you have to put up with sometimes. Yep. Um, the scene where she pushes him into the upside down and he gets turned into Vecna is great. Um, yeah. And then it all, then you know, and then it transfers into uh, season one where she escapes. Um, uh in the real world, Paul Reiser stands up to um, Martin Brenner and die. He, he he dies, doesn't he? Does he die? Uh, we don't know. He we don't know if he dies. He might die. Oh, I hope he didn't die. Um, but he yeah. ends up getting caught by the military. Yeah. And yeah, there's... and uh, by this point, uh, Eleven gets her powers back by remembering everything. Yes. And is able and, to um, have nosebleeds. And she gets, yeah, and she gets reunited with. Will, Mike, Jonathan, and Argyle. Yeah, who arrived just in the nick of time to save her from a military yeah. uh, ambush, a military sniper who yeah. shoots uh, Dr. Martin Brenner over and over again. He surely now has to be dead. And yeah. um, quite sad, you know, sad in his final moments, he's trying to connect with Eleven and she kind of is now able to really just be like, no, no forgiveness yeah. for you. And she walks away from him. Hmm which I yeah. like that moment. And then they go off to the pizza shop and fill a bath, a fridge full of salt water to help her uh, 
try and rescue Max. To help Max. Yes. Yes. Which takes us into the kind of main thrust of the season where most of the action takes place. Hawkins. Hawkins. Where we are left with uh, Steve, Dustin, Lucas, Nancy, yeah. Eddie, Robin, and Max. Um, I just and Erica. Stop forgetting about Erica. I think I think Stranger Things forgot about Erica, Alex. Why? She's not in it. She's barely in it. She really helps. Not. Yeah, but like. For the for the most like she's in the at the start and then she comes back at the end and then in the middle sort of ch- chunk of the season she's doesn't she's not there. Well, she helps with the lights and she helps with uh... yeah she definitely helps but she doesn't she's she's pretty like she's not along for the ride most of the time. Well, she's she's an ass- she's necessary when you know they have to find uh the house. Yeah, but she shouldn't just be there when she's necessary for help. Like she's she's not really okay, a core member of the group in a lot of the season. I guess. Um, but yeah, she is there, and she's you know she's I found her quite annoying in season three. I think she's better here. They improved her. Yeah, yeah, she's definitely yeah. better. Yeah. Um, but I I was a big fan of everything that happened in Hawkins in this season. Like. Yeah, it was really yeah. fun. Hawkins was I think was the best kind of yeah bit. definitely like we get to see the real um we get to see the ca- the characters at high school they've joined the hellfire club yeah. to play dungeons and dragons which is how they've met eddie yeah. um there's a whole yeah. thing in the first episode where lucas can't play because he's got a big basketball game coming up because he's joined um he's a basketball yeah. player what he's part of the cool he's part kids of the cool kids but he still wants to be part of the and there's that thing that does happen in high school where you know you 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 start to find yeah. different friendship groups and can you keep your old friendship groups together and and stuff like that, and it's all very real teen drama until it becomes about much more than that. And um, we also get to see how sort of much Max is struggling to come to terms with the death of Billy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I had a real moment in the first episode where she they introduced Max and she's got headphones on and you can hear that she's listening to Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. Mm. And I was like, yeah. oh, I love this song. Oh, cool, they've put this song in it. And then obviously... As you go through the episodes, yeah. it becomes more and more apparent how integral, like Kate Bush is like the, the the other member of the gang almost in this season. Yeah, um, definitely. Which was pretty. I I got pretty moved by that because I've always, like that was the first Kate Bush song I ever heard, and I like I remember hearing mm. it and being like, "What is this noise? This is amazing," and like to have that suddenly turn up in this and be so important in something that I also really enjoyed was a was like pretty pretty incredible we'll talk about that when we get to it in a minute but um yeah like i think sadie sink who plays max does amazing work in this season like dealing with that Mm. trauma that she has yeah kind of living with as a result of feeling like she got her brother killed a little bit in in the last season yeah um or maybe not that she got him killed but just that like she had to fight him effectively and he ended up making that sacrifice and sacrificing himself to save and he was a horrible character and there, there would be that guilt where if there's somebody who you've wished would die and then they die, yeah. how do you live with that? That would be, for a young girl to kind of have to come to terms with that is um, is devastating. And I think Sadie Definitely. Sink does mm. amazing work um, in this season. Mm. Uh, she's struggling to, she's not connecting with anyone. Lucas really wants her to support him in his, in his basketball games because he's got the emotional yeah. range of an egg. But um, she's incapable of doing that because of everything that's yeah. going on. 
Like every boy in high yeah, school. Yeah, that's very true. Um, <laughs> but it is very funny that like he doesn't really seem to get that she's like destroyed by what she's gone through. He's and he just wants her to like cheer him on in his basketball. Yeah. Anyway, but that's the thing. Like I think that's what that's how this see like this the part in Hawkins is really effective. Like talking to people because yeah. she he doesn't know but he can't assume how she feels like she needs to talk to yeah. him which she can't and i think that's a really important i think people get from this is just like you need to talk about things however embarrassing or they how hurtful they are because people want to help yeah. you and he, he can't and also he's he's like a teenager he is you know he can't know how how you are yeah. but yeah um we also rejoin uh, two absolute legends, Steve and Robin, working in the video yeah. shop. Um, both of them sort of struggling to know what to do, what to do next in their life. Robin, mm. obviously, having come out to Steve in season three, is much more open with who she is um, and is pining after a girl in the band that she's mm. in, the yeah. school marching band. Um which is very sweet, and I like that it just sort of runs in the background of the season, but does does end yeah. up having a nice resolution at the end, I thought. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. And Steve... Oh, I feel so sorry for Steve in this season. Oh, yeah. He's just, I don't know, he's grown up and he's trying to find love. And he's not, he's found love. He, he knows can't. what his love is, and he do, he, it's yeah, denied oh. to him. Not denied, it's not his right I to know. have it, but... And it's so weird that in season one you go, eh, Nancy, leave yeah. him. And in season four, he's like, Can you get Come back on, together, you're not happy please? With please. <laughs> no, clearly. Come on, you love Steve. Yeah. Um and you know, yeah. he has more hero moments yeah. in this season and just like Joe Carey must just realise that how lucky he is to have like fallen into not fallen into, but like Steve Harrington, you wouldn't have imagined in the first season would be such a great character, but like throughout each season no. since they've given him more and more amazing moments. And like the scenes in this season where he really gets to like, you know, save the day and have a, have a big moment. Yeah. And it's just great. He's so good at doing it. I, I love, I love, I love Steve Harrington. Yeah. Um, and I love Nancy Wheeler as well, actually. Like the Ellen Ripley, the oh, Sigourney Weavering is... of Nancy in this season is, is wonderful. She's so when good. When she raises that shotgun yeah. at the end of the season, I was like, oh, oh. you're pretty good. <laughs> it was so good. I think that was like, like I didn't breathe for a few minutes yeah, at that like point. Like she takes charge. Like, oh. And it is like, again, it's, yeah. it's the influences of culture from that era, like Sigourney Weaver being yeah. an absolute murderer in films like Aliens. And then, yeah. like Nancy Wheeler, kind of taking on that mantle, and like Sarah, uh, Linda Hamilton playing Sarah Connor in the Terminator movies and stuff like, yeah. women being badass action stars is something that needs to be more in culture, like yeah. Joey King in The Princess on Disney Plus, for example. Mm. Um, and yeah, yeah. like uh, Nancy having that opportunity to uh, do that is great, and I love it. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Dustin is good in this season. I don't know that he does very much, but he's good. What's his story in this season? Yeah. That he bonds with Eddie. That him and Eddie are good brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Him and Eddie are good. And, you know, they're it's just, yeah. yeah. It's part of the group. It's part of the team. You know, it's a good group together. They work well together. Absolutely. <clears throat> right. Can we talk about episode four? 
Oh my god. So they realise that <laughs> So they realise that Vec- Vecna <laughs> kills Chrissy in the first episode and then kills an anonymous boy that yeah. we don't care about in like the second or third episode. Um yeah, well, he's kind of like the editor of uh, sure. Nancy's he's a, he's uh, school he's newspaper. A boy. A boy. And um yeah. Vecna is murdering people by pulling them into the upside down, making them see visions. Um mm attacking them in the upside down and then it manifests in the real world by them rising up in the air and then all of their um, limbs snapping mm. and their eyes exploding. Pretty horrendous stuff. We don't like it. Yeah. Very um, early on in the season, Max realises that this is happening to her. Like the early warning yeah. signs of this, of Vecna targeting you have happened to Max. They work out that Vecna's targeting people who have kind of trauma in their lives and obviously yeah. pretty significant trauma that Max has endured. So she's a target. Um, through Nancy and Robin's investigations, they realised that music seemed to be the thing that saved uh, Victor Creel from his son uh, way back in the day, although they didn't know it was his son that was doing it, but that was what allowed him to kind of be rescued, and they realised that music may mm. have an impact on it. So, <clears throat> they go to... Why do they go to Billy's grave to do this? I don't remember. She um She wants to give him a letter. So she writes all these letters to all her loved yes. ones, and then uh, she she's writing a letter, and she wants to give this letter to Billy, and she reads it on the grave. That's why they go yes. there. Yes, and she is yeah, like no, it's one of those classic Stranger Things things where all these events that are happening in different areas kind of coalesce at the same time. Where Robin and Nancy yeah. realize that music is the key, just as Vecna makes yeah. his move and attacks. Max. Yeah, in that based in that scene that looks a bit like Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they. Yeah, which is amazing. It, I was like, it oh. is a great bit where they're going through and they're tricking yeah. that guy into letting them see Victor and stuff, and then yeah, and then yeah. they ring or they go on the walkie-talkie or whatever it is they have to do in the eighties to get the message through to um Dustin and the rest that uh it's music, and they they have to try and work out what music because Max starts um goes into a trance and they can tell that she's being attacked mm. and then the scenes in the upside down where Max is escaping from Vecna and he's in this uh, they're in like a version of the snowball from the end of season two which is yeah. obviously a really important memory no, for that's that's the end. No it happens early on as well doesn't it? The snowball Yeah I'm sure it does. No. The snowball doesn't the snowball happen in the end when she has to find her safe place, a happy place. Yeah. Cause because in that in that moment she still doesn't know w- how to defeat Vec how to run away from Vecna, so the <clears throat> snowball is right at the end, does isn't it? I thought she's also in there when he attacks her originally, okay. but I might be wrong. I can't remember. It's been a few weeks since I've watched it. But I thought that he she was like mm. piling up chairs to try and escape from stuff, and then he broke in and took her to the house. Maybe I don't remember that, but maybe because I remember definitely the in another being... environment, and then he takes her to the mm. to the to the gross place that's his like base of operations. Yeah, because it's not is it not that uh, she is safe in the in the um, in that place, uh, and um, yeah, I don't know because I th- I thought that was in the last episode that she she finds a safe place to go to. Yeah, she definitely does, and that's when she piles up the. She piles up these chairs to not let him in. Yeah. And then he takes her to her house in the last episode. He takes her to the house in that episode as well, though, in episode four. Yeah, yeah, but I think she's already in there, no? I thought she was somewhere else first, but I could be wrong. 
uh, God, these episodes are so long. Mm. She's just sort of in a in a yeah okay. She's like in an upside down version of the graveyard, and then yeah, because she's just reading the letter. Yeah, yeah and she finds Billy. Billy and then, turns into Vecna. Um, yeah. yeah, and then she just thinks about all the happy things, <clears throat> and there's Halloween and everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then yeah. Uh, and then they, uh, in the real world, Dustin and Lucas and Steve are desperately trying to work out what song to play uh, to try and help her to um, escape. Meanwhile, Vecna's yeah. tied her up in a, on a column of tentacles and is kind of attacking her and being horrible to her. Mm. Uh, and then they work out it's running up that hill. They get, the, they get the Walkman, they put it on her head, and then she starts to rise up off the ground and float in the air. And it's one of, it's a very, like, visually amazing Mm. shot of her kind of rising up in the air with these headphones uh, on her head and stuff and she starts to hear the music come through and like I really I really think that there's a lot in the power of music and stuff and like when Mm. when TV shows and films and stuff kind of think about the power of music and use it as like to you know it can really save people and and the emotion that people can get from music is really powerful so Mm. And that this, you know, the lyrics of that song, if if I if I could, I'd make a deal with God and get him to swatch our place and stuff. And you can tell that she's really mm. connected with this song because it's what she wants to say to Billy. Is yeah. is it, it all comes together like it's so perfectly done, and the choice of song is so perfect. And then it tears a hole in the upside down through to the real world, and she's she's able to kind of rip herself out of these tentacles that she's got and is rushing towards the exit and Vecna's throwing all sorts of stuff at her. It's great. I I love this mm. bit so much. It's one of my favourite moments of TV ever, I think. Um, yeah. I found it really affecting. Mm. Did, did you like it? Oh, yeah, it's amazing. And it's just like when, when it stops and she goes, it's okay, it's okay, I'm still here. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> That was I don't know that line just got me really. I was like I'm still here. I was like okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, 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 I. It's it, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know they spend the rest of the season sort of learning more, learning everything they can about Vecna and how he works and planning. You know, and and helping yeah. Eddie, who the the town has gone crazy thinking that Eddie is the one doing these crimes. So they kind of find Eddie and he joins the gang and they kind of work together to try and come up with a plan to defeat Vecna, which involves going to an um an American style gun shop, um and oh. loading up on all sorts of uh stuff. And you can just buy any yeah. gun. Yeah. Um Ugh. which is obviously bad. In... I don't like that. But no. Uh, Nancy no. uh But then there's there is the comment, it's like I can't believe this is actually yeah. legal. So it's like yeah. good. Um <laughs> but yeah like the ability for Nancy to then Rambo herself up at, uh, for the finale is oh, pretty great, but um, yeah, not in, not in the real yeah. world, please, just in films. Um, yeah, I really like the innovative way that they found their way to like speak with the upside down. Oh, with the lights speak and with stuff. The normal, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They discover that yeah, lights. I really can, like um, that. Yeah, pass through, and there does it. I really yeah. thought there's a moment where they they work out how to get into the upside down through these gateways that Vecna's been creating, and they can climb in through Eddie's mm. caravan. Um, and they realise that the Upside Down is stuck in time. Yeah. I thought that they were going to do a Barb. I thought they were going to use this as a way to have, they could be like, oh, we can rescue Barb because she's still <laughs> technically alive. I really thought Barb was going to 
thought we were going to get a, a barb, <sighs> but we don't. No, barb. no, we didn't get barb. But let's hope we get Eddie though. Well, hopefully we'll we'll see. Oh, Eddie. Yeah. Um. Maybe Eddie and Barb. Maybe the next season will be all about time travel and we can go back and get those people that we need to save, like Barb. Yeah. Who will be like, what's going on? What is happening? I don't understand any of this. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they, they ultimately end up um, finding the house that Vecna lives in. And, again, it all comes together at the right time. Like, you've got the um, Mike and Will and Eleven and stuff in the pizzeria in the desert. She's... In yeah. the sensory deprivation tank, entering the upside down to help. You've got Max and everyone in Hawkins uh, assaulting it, and then you've got Hopper and Joyce attacking from where they are, and it all comes together into this yeah. big finale, which is two and a half hours long of just like. Which is like. Yeah. What did you think of the finale? I, that, I stopped breathing a few times. <laughs> I just could, I didn't know how to sit. I just like I I didn't know. The finale was pretty cool, pretty emotional. Everything comes to, um, it has been a journey, I think. Like, the entire season is so long. There's kind of been a journey, and it, and it, it, which worked, because I love this season. Yeah. And the finale is where everything happens, and it's just amazing. And when they're in the upside down, and I love the moments with Lucas and Max. I thought that was the really lovely uh and uh in the meantime jason has gone crazy and he's trying to beat up everybody steve robin nancy and eddie eddie and dustin are all in the upside down dustin and eddie have to be kind of the, they have to distract these debate these kind of like bats yeah. and it ends up in a scene that if it had been anywhere else, it would have been the weirdest <laughs> scene ever, but it was one of the best scenes ever that to distract these bats, he plays a Metallica Master song. Master of Puppets. Uh, Master of Puppets, but which... Alex. I was a... Let's just hang on, though, because okay. that song, based on when the season is set, that song yeah. would only have been out for about a week or so. So are we, well, no, are we supposed to believe that Eddie learned how to yeah. play that complex song yeah. on guitar it just doesn't make sense yeah no shut up shut <laughs> up it was perfect it's perfect it's great it's such a good choice it was it was it was a good choice i don't care if it took him a week to learn that i don't give a, I don't care yeah. it's a great it's a I'm, great song and it's a great song and it couldn't have been any other song it was there's Dustin rocking and you're there, you're like, Yeah, obey your master. And it's so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it is. Um that's so good. And yeah, and it uh we uh, no, Mike does says something incredible to Eleven, which is really sweet and lovely. That she's always even without her power, she's a superhero. Uh Max, unfortunately. Oh, I hate it. Mm, that scene is so emotional because like finally Mike tells Eleven how she how he feels about her and she gets stronger and stronger but it's not she's uh, Vecna in the meantime manages to find Max mm. Max is it's horrible because you think that she's going to get rescued right up until the point where her yeah. arms start bending the wrong way and it's like oh god yeah. no not Max yeah. And then she's, you know, 
what sort of state she's going to be in in the next season is is well interesting to see. You think she's going to come back? She'll come back. She's not dead. Yeah, but when Eleven went in her mind, there was nothing there. Yeah, but I mean, they're not going to have her just not come back. They're not going to drop her as a thing. She'll be an important. I if I had to guess, I'd say that it will have left her with some fundamental connection to the Upside Down that will... Like uh, Will? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, after everything happens and Max gets possessed and um, uh, Lucas is just in tears with Max in his arms and I think Eleven brings her back to life somehow. Yeah. And... um. But she's kind of she kind of died, so Vecna manages to like rip and destroy basically yeah. Hawking. And yes, there's but a when big, they go back. Hmm? There's a big assault on Hawkins, um, with the ground opening yeah. up, etc. Yeah. Which is the biggest time yeah. that Hawkins has really been actually affected by the goings on in the upside down. Mm. Which is uh, interesting yeah. to see, and it'll, uh, supposedly yeah. because of that, uh, the Duffer Brothers have been saying that the, the season five will actually have shorter episodes than this season because there'll be less set up to do because they'll be able to go straight into the action in a way because it's sort of yeah, it's not like other seasons. That's that, what made me really sad because yeah. I love the fact that every season it ends up and everything is yeah. fine. Not in this it's season, totally fine. Everything is total. In this season, ends up that. Will is feeling something that has not been good, so he's still got a connection with the Upside Down. Uh, Hawkins is destroyed. It ends up with just them looking at this mess. But and Hopper and Eleven are reunited, and together they can do anything. Yeah, yeah. I guess I hope I hope in season five, what I really want is them being all together all the time yeah i don't know if we'll see that <laughs> they seem to really like doing these like team up you know let's split up and go off and do a different things and they like to they are quite good at finding unusual character combinations and like what what would it be like if these two hung out mm. for a bit and stuff and I, I like that but also yeah yeah i hope that hopper and 11 get to have some time together in this season that's coming yeah up. yeah um, so if you were going to rank the four seasons, how would you, where does this come for you, season four? Uh, I think season four, because I... I kind of have had change of mind depending on what, what time of the, the day it is, because yeah. I was thinking about last time and I put season three as number one with season, kind of with three and one together. And then I thought how I felt when I, and I thought about it a bit longer, how I felt how, when I watched season one, which I think is so good. And so I felt, oh, I, I don't know if I would go like now, one, season one, mm. four and three together mm. and season two. Interesting. Just because season one, season one is so good. Yeah. And season four is incredible. I love, 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 love season four. But there are those moments where there are some characters that have been introduced that are not really great. And 
So, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, maybe season one is the best. I don't know, because season one's got... The thing that I don't like about season one that drags it down for me is I find Lucas unbearable in that first season. Oh, yeah, he's he's really annoying. When he's trying to gatekeep Mm. Eleven out of the gang and stuff. I I find all that plot quite hard to watch and sit through on a a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Which... I don't know, George. I don't want to say it. Because I, I really like season four. I think season four is amazing. And it does find him connected more. And the power of music and the power of, you know, um, and, you know, also the the message that you don't, don't keep everything to yourself and try and communicate your feelings because it is important. And also try and find happiness in despair. Mm. Because when like one one thing that Max does is trying to think about the amazing things that she did, and so she thinks about Halloween and the snowball and her first kiss with Lucas, and so it's an amazing season. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. You're more sure of your of your decisions than me. I change my mind. All the uh, time. For me, it's season four at the top. By quite a long way, mm. um, I thought this season was just as much as I loved all the other seasons. I thought this season was like everything I would want out of Stranger Things. Mm. Um, I absolutely love it. I thought it it was so. And after a three year wait, where I'd kind of my love for the show overall had waned slightly, I just you know just because I hadn't been around for a bit and I'd kind of forgotten how much I liked it. And rewatching all of the first three seasons before mm. this one came out kind of reminded me how much I liked it. And, but even then, I wasn't prepared for how much I was going to enjoy season four. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, yeah. And then season one, then season three, then season two. Mm. Um, I like your choices. You stick to you. those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that that's, uh, that's season four of Stranger Things. But the Stranger Things chat isn't over because in our next episode, the big 80th Oh, look at that. It's 80s in like the 80s. And then we're going to be yeah. doing about Stranger Things. But this time we're going to be doing our t- we're going to be doing a top five again. And we're going to be doing our top five Vecna songs. What does that mean to you, Alex? What's a Vecna song? Is a song that will, um, that if play, if you are in the hands of Vecna yeah. and they will play, somebody will play and you'll be able to find that portal and get away from Vecna. Good. I agree. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we agree on a top five and then when we get together to record, it becomes clear that we didn't have the exact same idea as to what it is. <laughs> it doesn't happen that no, often. No, I think the biggest one was when we did 90s bands. You Why? self-imposed a rule where you that. would only include bands that you listened to during the 90s. Yeah. Oh, did I? <laughs> so you... It was, was like a lot of Italian bands that I'd never heard. Stuff. Was that one of my first, ep- one, one of our earliest episodes? It was episodes. an earlier yeah, episode, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a big yeah, problem, when it was but it was a just, bit more... it, we had very different ideas about what the list was going to be. So I was just wanting to yeah, make sure that I... we weren't going to come next time and you're going to be like, well, I've only done songs from the 80s because I thought that was what a Vecna song was. was our no, favorite... no. I, I'm less strict okay, now good. than I used to be. I'm more All relaxed right. about good, this. good. No, I think I think the one that it was the food, food on film. Oh, yeah. We had a bit of a like. I I thought oh, I was. Yeah, I remember there being a lot of stress about that. I don't. I don't remember why. <laughs> no, me neither. Casual, it's something like, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah. If you haven't watched Stranger Things, sorry for the spoiling. Oh, well, if you have, tell us what you think. More fool you for missing out on the best thing ever. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, do you have any recommendations from your culture catch-up for this week? Um. Yeah. Watch Persuasion. It's good. Okay. It's fun. Dakota Johnson for an hour and forty nine minutes. It's not a bad no, it's thing. Not at all. How about you? I would say that uh, people should check out Blackbird on Apple TV Plus because it's phenomenally good. And um, check out the video game As Dusk Falls if you've got Game Pass because it's um, much, much better than the trailers made it look. So, yeah. Blackbird and As Dusk Falls and Persuasion from you. Lovely. Next time we'll be doing our top five Fechner songs, so I hope you enjoyed that. And um, please do get in touch with us. Let us know what your Vecna songs are, please. Um, you can email us or you can message us on various social media platforms. And the email address and links to those are all found in the show notes for this and every episode, along with um, lists of what we've discussed in Culture Catch-Up and what we've watched in MyTube. So please do have a look at the show notes and uh, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Give us your suggestions and rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you can. And tell your friends about us. Thank you so much. One yep. thing, though. Can we make a rule about the Vecna songs that is not going to be Kate Bush running up that hill? Uh, okay. Why? Just because it could be definitely a Vecna yeah, song. Yeah, it is for me. Even for me. And it was on my yeah. list. So let's say that... So let's come... Oh, no, okay. no. I, so I was going to oh, say... Let me, okay. Let's just go... There's, that's a Vecna song yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was it was on my because, list because it is such an important song to yeah. me just before Stranger yeah. Things existed. But then I thought of yeah. enough other songs that I was like, oh, I'll take it off because it. You yeah. know, we, we, we've talked yeah. about it. So it's not on my list. Yeah. Anymore, so let's so say that's that fine. that's a Vecna okay. song, and it would be for both Good. of us. But other Vecna songs, like Hounds of Love or Card Busting, she's got loads of songs. Yeah. Well, it's just Kate Bush <laughs> songs, right? We have agreed that. Yeah, okay, just Kate Bush songs. Top five Kate yeah, Bush songs. It's me, it's Kathy, come home. It's so cold. The boy with a thorn in his side, what's it called? The boy with a child in his eye. Anyway. Anywho. Because there's, there's a Smith song called, there's a Smith song and it's called The Boy with a Thorn in His Side or something. And then there's a Kate Bush song called The Boy with a Child in His Eye. I get them confused. Anyway, never mind. Anyway. See you in the future. Ah. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.